0: Oh, yeah. Cancelled too soon. A podcast. Podcast. About TV. Television shows. That were. That were very, very short. Cancelled too soon. One season or less. Oh, yeah. This week on Cancelled Too Soon. Earth 2. Hair yeah, pulpit. Danziger. Hair yeah, pulpit. Danziger! Here, Puppet.
1: Danziger!
0: Here, Danziger. Puppet? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Line at Blumhouse.com. Everybody calls me Bibbs. And your chest
1: is like a cannon of volume. Thank you. You knocked me over with that one. (laughs) I'm a t shirt gun with a (laughs) face. And every word is a t-shirt My uh, my name is Whitney Seibold I am also a film critic of Some Stripe I uh, contribute to Crave Online and Blumhouse.com uh, I don't have a nickname, but I'm a pretty cool dude You'll get one eventually mm.
0: you, you don't have much of a choice in the matter uh,
1: I think I've said this on a podcast before But the one nickname that was assigned to me That I kind of wasn't insulting Like you know, Booger or Buttface or some Shingles. such thing Uh, A kid in my summer camp called me porcupine Because I had short, spiky hair at the time That's
0: not inherently insulting No, it
1: wasn't insulting Well, now you have chest
0: hair, you could argue that there's a a sort of a Ron Mm. Jeremy-esque
1: That's not really the the physique I want to sell, but okay
0: No, I think you should own it (laughs) Just, just, dude Ron Jeremy's uh, a well-respected gentleman And uh, mm. I think uh, you would do well to emulate him
1: I'll, I will emulate him in every way. Good. I, I will start wearing open Hawaiian shirts. Yes. And shorts and flip flops. And I'll carry all my belongings in plastic shopping bags. Yeah. Because that's what he does.
0: It's convenient. I've seen the documentary made about him. It's convenient. Mm-hmm. Our show you're uh-huh. listening to is about a television series that didn't last long. That's right. So we're we are probably to...
1: focus on that. Maybe so. Uh,
0: we feel a little bad. This episode of the show, we were trying to get out in time for... Earth Day, because there's sort of a theme going mm-hmm. here. Uh, but before, uh, so we apologize that that's not done. That wasn't uh,
1: Earth Day. Uh, as of this recording, Earth Day was yesterday. Yes. Yeah, so by we the time good. you listen to this, Earth Day was a long time ago.
0: But we still support Earth Day. We support- Earth Day was great. I was at the science march. We at the science march? Uh,
1: no, I was. I was busy. Should have been at things. the science march.
0: Very disappointed in mm-hmm. you. I know. I'm a bad citizen. You are. Uh, but, uh, we, we hope that you mm. supported the earth in, in, in all of your endeavors.
1: I support the earth and I support the sciences. I just wasn't at the marsh.
0: Fair enough. Uh, before we get going, mm. I do want to make a couple more quick announcements. Uh, if you've mm. been listening to the podcast lately, mm. some of these are a bit old hat. It's okay to skip ahead a few seconds. That's fine. Uh, but, uh, let's just real, real fast. Uh, mm. here's something new on our Twitter page at canceled We have our latest poll where mm. you get to help decide a show that we're going to cover next month. This poll is nothing but failed pilot episodes, <laughs> and we got some cool stuff. Um, We've got uh, Manchester Prep, the TV pilot for the Cruel Intentions series. Mm. We've
1: got which was ended up getting repurposed as a as a TV movie, uh,
0: straight to video movie, St- straight to video, like straight to video movie, sequel yeah. to Cruel Intentions. Yeah, uh, there's the Elvira show, which was basically I Dream, not I Dream of Jeannie, uh, bewitched, but with Elvira. <laughs> Kind
1: of a a no-brainer there. I don't understand how
0: that didn't go to series. That sounds great. (laughs) Uh, There is L.A. Confidential, the series starring Kiefer Sutherland. That was a thing. Nobody remembers it. You'd think that would have done better, but it did not. And lastly, Heil Honey, I'm Home, the sitcom about Hitler and his annoying Jewish neighbors. Holy fuck. Fuck! I, it was a, I, I believe, it was
1: British sitcom, yeah, uh, and it was. with American actors though, or, mm. or American I, and British actors. Well,
0: they were playing off of like this honeymooners kind of thing, yeah. so they were playing that sort of American, American- sitcom tropes. Yeah, yeah, they were. They was making fun of American sitcoms. <sighs> But uh, it's
1: also one of the most notorious uh, failed sitcoms in history. And
0: and you can see why. And
1: I'm kind of surprised it's not doing better on our poll, actually. It's number two,
0: but number one at the moment is LA Confidential. But if you really want to hear us talk about Mm -hmm. Elvira, if you really want to hear us talk uh, about Cruel Intentions, if you want to hear us talk about Howl, Honey, I'm Home, it's not too late. That's going to be going through Friday, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that poll is over, we'll do that show sometime next month. Uh, So that's what's going on there uh also we want to remind you that next week is going to be our big awards show and uh if you want to participate you want to send in your list of your top three favorite episodes of this show Hmm. we will uh in, in order rank them one through three uh we will take your recommendations under advisement we will try to give you more content along those lines and also you will be entered to win a chance to tell us what episode to do in the future Everyone who who participates in that put the name in a hat. One person's going to get to tell us what episode we get to do. It's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. Um, of course, the rules apply. We have to be able to find it, and it has to be one season or less. Uh, and uh, also, don't forget, uh, we will be going to Patreon real real soon. Uh, all of as, the content as soon as we figure all that crap out. We're still working on the fine <laughs> details on it. It's actually a little bit more complicated than we thought, but we're doing Ooh. it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Wow! And uh, it's not too late for you to give us some cool suggestions no, that, for stuff that you would want. Mm-hmm to receive yeah. for your money on Patreon. Now, if you have any cool rewards you think you would like to get from the show, let's know.
1: When we say we're going to Patreon, this show is going to stay free. You like the show, you still get it. Everything you're currently getting from mm-hmm.
0: Cancel Too Soon, pretty mm-hmm. much yeah, pretty much everything you're currently getting from Cancel Too Soon is going to be free forever. Every review everything. of every Cancel Too Soon show and every
1: free. good feeling you get. Yeah. Still going to be free. But yeah. Uh, we're gonna start uh, hitting hitting up for money. We're gonna start hitting up for subscriptions, and we're gonna and do we're bonus gi-
0: content, and it's we're gonna, gonna be lot give
1: cool you extra stuff. So yeah. think of the good feelings you're getting, and think of even more of those good feelings, and
0: the the warm cockle in your heart feelings mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, you know helping the show keep going because mm-hmm. we do this for ourselves. We don't get paid for this, uh, and just you know the costs of. Uh, acquiring material, keeping everything up and running, paying but, people to contribute to stuff. We've got some some cool new stuff coming uh, in the, the future for you to enjoy and appreciate. The,
1: the goddamn sleep I'm losing, trying to catch up with uh, 22 episodes it of Earth 2. It is 1 a.m. and we're just getting started.
0: <laughs> uh, so let's just move on. When we already announced the title.
1: We're going to be talking about Earth 2, which is a TV series, a sci-fi series from the mid-90s. And if you want to hear Some of our favorite stuff.
0: And if you want to hear a little bit more of that... Roll the clip. Sunday, journeying into the unknown on Earth 2, the discovery of other survivors. Back away from the door, now! Who hold the secret to their crash on this planet. I want you to tell me how you caused that crash. And one of these people is the traitor within, on an all-new Earth 2 NBC Sunday. Earth 2! Thanks, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we had a Jerry. (laughs) That'd be great. You want to hit the roll there, Jerry? It's just me later. Mm. Uh, Earth 2 ran on NBC from November 6th, 1994, Mm. through June 4th, 1995, making it, along with Dracula, like the longest show we've ever done.
1: One of the longest running
0: shows we've done. This Uh, is a full hour-long episode. 22
1: hour-long episodes. Uh, It was... Around the same time as Sequest DSV and also Space Rangers, a show we've talked about on cancelled yeah. too soon before. There
0: were, there were at least uh, two Star Treks on at the time. X-Files was on at the time. Yeah, so it was a good time for TV sci-fi.
1: Good time for TV sci-fi. Mm. Uh, I was watching a lot of this stuff because I was a teenager at the time. I and, realized uh, as I was watching this that I'd actually seen the pilot episode. Yeah. I hadn't watched any of Earth 2. It yeah. was one of those things that I always kind of wanted to get to but I was busy like taping and re-watching White Dwarf or whatever else was going on at the time.
0: <laughs> we gotta do White Dwarf. We're gonna do White
1: Dwarf a Oh my some god. Point. White Dwarf was bonkers.
0: Basically, White Dwarf was a, it was a television pilot that they turned into a TV movie because it was too expensive not to do something with it, and it was about <laughs> a guy on an alien planet, and instead of being, like, a space stranger or a, mm. or a sci-fi cop or a marine or something like that, he was a surgeon. Yeah, sci-fi surgeon. He was a sci-fi I mean, surgeon imagine- in, like, a colonial America... Kind of alien world. It was world. really steampunky in a
1: lot of ways. Yeah, it was weird a weird-ass show. show. But uh, Earth 2 was, uh, at the time, touted as like the new crown jewel in this mm. sort of wave of science fiction shows that was going on at the time.
0: It had a big, big uh, push, and it started off really, 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 really strong in the ratings. It uh, premiered, again, November 6, 1994, mm. opposite uh, 60 Minutes in a new episode of The Simpsons, one of the classics, Bart's Girlfriend, mm. with Meryl Streep. Uh, and uh, it had a two-hour premiere that ended up eighth place in the Nielsen's that week. Is, that's pretty is that good great. or bad? Okay, that's yeah. in the top ten right. shows of the week. That's that's really really good. By the time it was. Going off the air, it was only getting nine percent of its market share. On, yeah, of all the people watching TV when Earth Two was on, mm. only nine percent were watching Earth Two. Mm. And again, this is back when there were only so many networks that mm. Nielsen's cared about, so uh, it was not uh, doing well. Now, the, the premise of Earth
1: Two is a group of colonists. Uh, lead, Earth is no longer habitable, or it is, but only like small pockets and uh, it's
0: considered a it's considered a ghetto. Like there are yeah. people who live on Earth, but it's shit. And, it's and, it no one likes it. It's and disgusting. People,
1: people who come from Earth are seen as kind of low class poor yeah. people. Everyone uh, else lives in
0: a space stations or, above the surface or, of the Earth, but the problem with the space stations is people have started living on those for multiple generations and there started to be a new disease called the Syndrome. They just call
1: it the Syndrome. And there's
0: no real specific reason why children are being born with this syndrome other than... But they're
1: dying off at like age 8 and 9. They're not living
0: long. The implication that they have is Mm. that people, human Mm. beings, the species need a connection to a living Earth or Mm. else they're not getting something intangible that we haven't discovered through science yet. And
1: and it's not like, yeah, it's not like vitamin D because they're not getting sunlight. They're just, it's... They they need an Earth, yeah. so uh, Earthicans have sp- uh, scouted a planet that's very far away. It's twenty two years space travel. Uh-huh. Um, due to some machinations in the pilot, uh, our, our intrepid group of main characters have to go there, kind of unscheduled. Well, we'll they, talk about the pilot. We'll, in we'll, a we'll talk about the details. Here's a basic but premise: they, they go there. They're they, they go there. They think it's uninhabited, and but it's habited. And yeah. it's about them sort of. Trying to find a camp that they call uh, New Pacifica. Yeah. And it's about them sort of living on the frontier. The entire film was, or film, the entire TV show was shot on location. Mm. Uh, It's mostly outdoors, and it's about these people trying to survive on the frontier.
0: Yeah, it was shot in New Mexico, and in this show, Mm. you can really see the seeds Of certain shows like Battlestar Galactica, the reboot, or Firefly, which took
1: the... Or Star Trek Voyager in a lot of ways, which which this preceded. That's
0: true. The idea of space travel not as this sort of sci-fi fantasy where all of your needs are constantly met, Mm. but in which you're consistently screwed, Mm. in which you are forced to sort of relive many of the historical incidents and mistakes of our culture's past. Dealing with indigenous life forms, yeah, dealing with di- new diseases, famines.
1: Co- colonialism is all over this show. Um, yeah. Australia is all over this show. Yeah, uh, and of course, Na- Native Americans are all over this show. So, Absolutely, yeah.
0: and honestly, I think that's that's the show at its best. They start incorporating new elements, more crazy sci-fi stuff as the series goes on, Ooh, and by the end of the series, you're going to see sci-fi stuff. It gets pretty silly. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, here's how I kind of been describing Earth 2. People ask, how is it? Because a mm. lot of people have heard of the show. Not everyone sat down and watched the whole thing. And it is currently available on D V D. Got it from a re- from a listener. It, it it's, was
1: it's, on Netflix, but they canceled it they off of Netflix. They took it off of Netflix, so
0: but it was canceled again. There was a there's a DVD, it's out there, it's still readily available. It's pretty pretty mm. reasonable. Uh, with all the episodes, although somewhat out of order, which is annoying as hell. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. But I describe this show thusly. It starts off as good as Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and ends as bad as Star Trek Enterprise. Mm. Uh- Voyager, Voyager.
1: Sounds as bad as Voyager? Well, because Voyager, as they went on, you could tell them kind of, like, grasping for ratings and doing, like, just more bonkers, silly stuff, and now an alien species is going to take over the whole ship and turn the whole thing into a holodeck, and now we're living through World War II because we've erased everybody's memories. I
0: just saw that episode. It's
1: dumb, and, <laughs> it and like it's a, a two-part <laughs> episode. It's like, what <laughs>
0: We don't need
1: that much of this stupid story. You BBC guys. America
0: we, is like half Star Trek Voyager reruns. Like wow. every time I turn on the TV, like the last time I turned on the TV it was literally that episode of Voyager. We
1: don't care about the Herosion. Stop telling us about the Hirogen. <laughs> Why are there twelve episodes devoted? To, uh, never mind. All right,
0: so we'll take you through the whole the whole basic yeah. plot of Earth too. Uh, but let's give you some a little more background. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, first off, cancel yeah. too soon. Cancel too soon. It was. It was. Oh my god! It's one a.m. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it was created by a really uh, well-known, working, and
0: prolific Hollywood screenwriter. Yes, Billy Ray, mm-hmm. uh, who is. Probably best known for his big hit films and his successful films. Films like he wrote the adaptation of the first Hunger Games. Uh, he wrote and directed two really excellent movies called Shattered Glass and Breach. Mm. He's behind, or at least one of the people behind, the new Amazon series The Last Tycoon. He has also written a lot of crap. <sighs> uh, but a lot of famous crap. He wrote, yeah. he wrote Volcano, one of the best worst disaster movies ever made. He wrote Flight Plan, which is a terrible... Terrible movie starring Jodie Foster <laughs> as a woman who loses her daughter in the middle of, like, a cross-continental flight. Uh, and he also wrote the notorious bomb Color of Night, the movie that is only famous because you can see Bruce Willis's penis. <laughs> Thanks, Billy Ray. <laughs>
1: You keep talking about a return to erotic thrillers. I want you to think about Color of Night and what you're really asking for.
0: I'm asking for Color of Night too. I think it's the. I think we're overdue. Okay. Uh, but there's a, he he. So Billy Ray supposedly created it, but there's actually like a whole list of creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like there's
1: four credited creators. Yeah, anyway. there's people
0: like Mark Levin, uh, who worked on uh the the movie adaptation of Madeline from the '90s. Uh, he wrote Journey to the Center of the Earth with Brendan Fraser. He also worked on some Cancel too soon series like Miss. Persons, which was like Without a Trace before Without a Trace no. came out, uh, and Going to Extremes, which was about doctors in like a tropical location. Or and something. they're on snowboards. I would hope so. Also, one of the c- uh, credited creators is Carol Flint. Whose career is exceptional? Like practically everything she touched was a hit. She worked on *China Beach*, *L.A. Law*, *ER*, *The West Wing*. She's mm. working on *Designated Survivor* now. Good for her. And uh, lastly, Michael Dugan. I think I'm pronouncing that right. D u g g a n. Mm. He worked on *Miami Vice*, *Law and Order*, *Millennium*, *Graham*, and a movie we're going to have to track down. Costas Mandalore is Secret Agent Man. It's it's called Secret Agent. Oh the yeah, year two thousand. Yeah, it, people it, no one it remembers was... that one.
1: It it was, I think, a redo of Secret Agent. The Patrick McGowan show. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, got to find that down. Got to track that Hmm. one down. I just want to say Costas Mandalore Uh, again. uh, Earth 2 is also uh, the latest show that we've covered, which won an Emmy. Oh no, kidding!
1: Yeah, so for for makeup, I imagine. Uh,
0: it won for special visual effects. Okay, it was also nominated for best sound editing and best makeup. Right. Um, so l- let's explain some of like the setting of, of Earth Two, sort it's of, actually sort of like the, myth, the, myth, the
1: mythology. So. It does take place in the future, although I don't think the year is ever properly given. I think
0: it is, but um, I don't think it's it's a couple hundred years in the future.
1: The the main character is Captain Devin Adair. Uh it's just Adair. She,
0: uh, pardon? Devin Adair. Devin
1: Adair. Devin Adair.
0: Yeah. Played by Deborah uh, Ferentino from mm. Eureka, NYPD Blue, and Storm mm. of the Century. And she's not captain, but she's like the leader of this thing. She's like Elon Musk. She's like an she's like a mm. wealthy, she comes from a wealthy family. Her son, Ulysses Adair, played by Zoe Zimmer uh, Joey Zimmerman from Mother's Boys and Very Bad Things. And the call him yuli yeah uh he's he's a syndrome child he's going to die so she has funded this expedition to this other planet in the hopes that maybe Mm. he'll Mm. get better um so yeah so that's what's going on she is doing an Mm. independent mission and then at the beginning of the show they're told uh yeah keep this on the dl but they 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 don't want you to they don't want, they don't you, don't to want you to go. Also, there's a bomb on your ship.
1: Yeah, we're going to... Well, and they, they stumble upon a headline about how their ship is going to blow up the following morning. So, oh, crap, we got to go now. Yeah. So, without really a full crew, uh-huh. they take off toward the planet.
0: Like, they take off, yeah. and then they realize they forgot their doctor.
1: Which they do not call Earth-2 at one point ever throughout the entire series. No. It is G-88-9. Yeah. G889. That is the name of the planet. I assume was they'd
0: get there at some point. Yeah. They eventually call it Earth 2. Maybe because so. the idea is that there's actually a couple of different mm. potentially inhabitable planets and that this is the one that is best M- most, suited. For most college. promising.
1: Uh. So, yeah, they take off in a hurry. Uh, On board is not a uh,
0: fully qualified doctor, uh, Mm -hmm. Dr. Julia. Uh, Played by Jessica Steen from Mm -hmm. Heartland NCIS. And And a show we really need to track mm -hmm. down, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Oh,
1: absolutely, Captain Power. Uh, Also my favorite character on the show. She's great. Uh, uh, She's got this cool
0: glove deal. It looks like a really giant white power glove, uh, <laughs> and it's basically her tricorder. She just like rubs her hand mm-hmm. over you, which and is, like can tell how you're sick.
1: Which is a fantastic science fiction conceit. I like. There's that. some I, good actually,
0: tech on this show. I like actually.
1: that better than uh, the tricorders they had on Star Trek. That you mm-hmm. just sort of it's essentially a, a flip phone, and you mm-hmm. kind of rub it in front of somebody. Well,
0: and you can tell. it feels like there's a, there's an art to it. There's a, the technology on this show. Mm-hmm is very much based off of virtual reality mm. or or sort of hologram interface. Basically, this show invented Google Glass. It's, Everyone yeah. has a Google Glass, and a- they call it their gear.
1: Everything's really spindly, and everything is really kind of body-oriented. Yeah, uh, It's not the most graceful design. You can see the actors kind of struggling with these really kind of lightweight things, but mm. it, it it's innovative and it's new. It's, and it, it doesn't resemble stuff that was on, like, and it, it wasn't ripped off from Star Trek.
0: And it works. Like, all of the Google Glass stuff really does play a lot like how Google Glass actually mm. works. And the whole ARM thing, you know, it's actually like a pretty cool interface, and it mm. implies that there's a certain artistry to it as opposed to a simple clunky yeah. Windows 98 interface. We, um, have, uh, we have Clancy Brown, oh, yes. uh, who, <laughs> who plays Rousedower. Uh, 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 he plays John Danziger. Clancy mm. Brown, by the way, you know Clancy Brown from Everything, no. but uh, Highlander, mm. Starship Troopers, uh, The Shawshank Redemption. He was the voice of Lex Luthor on Superman: The Animated Series, and he's the voice of Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob SquarePants. That's right. He also and- played the big
1: scary cloud face monster in uh, in Green Lantern. Like they, they motion oh, captured, they? that was Clancy Brown. They oh, motion captured his face he better.
0: Uh, he's kind of like the the he, other protagonist of the show, other than Devin Adair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an engineer. Mm-hmm. He's broke. He doesn't have a lot of money. He's got his daughter with him because he can't afford to do anything else with her.
1: What happened to his mom will be revealed later. Uh, yeah. Or,
0: or her mom, excuse me. So, yeah, he's just he's just a blue-collar guy, but once they land on the planet, he's actually one of the guys who actually is the most useful that they have. Mm. He can build everything. He understands how to fix stuff. He, and he ends up he gradually becoming a, yeah. more of a, of a co-captain, co-chief. But of he, their, he also
1: has a temper, her. and he's he, but he's also very tender. He's actually a very good character.
0: I like, I, him, I like a him a lot. But seriously, people daughter... yell Danziger every episode multiple <laughs> times because they need him to fix something because mm. he got lost, because he's mm. out there to help them. He's, he's the loose cannon. It's a so, weird thing to yell.
1: I'm, I'm glad they cast someone like Clancy Brown, like kind of a mean looking heavy type rather than the. Well, we have Antonio Sabato Jr. as sort of the eye candy. But that character could have been the eye candy character. And I'm glad they didn't go that way. No,
0: I, I buy him as like a working class dude yeah. and not a hunk.
1: Uh, his daughter is played by Jay Madison Wright, a young actress from another Cancel too soon series we did, The Warlord. Uh, she played the teenage pilot in that one a few years later. Uh,
0: a few years okay. later in this chronology. She, you know, Earth 2 first is what we're saying. Mm. Um, here she is one of two children on the planet. Mm. Her and Yuli her and Ulysses. Um, there's obviously like a lot of childhood tension. There's a lot of like jealousy there and maybe some mm. buds of romance that'll bloom later when they're adults. Oh,
1: I, I sense nothing but resentment between those two kids. Oh, I
0: know. But <laughs> they get into that in an yeah. episode that we'll, we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, and she's really, 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 really great, and it's really, really sad because she actually died not too long, like uh, after well, this after her like uh, yeah, young the, the, acting career.
1: This young actress, and and we brought this up when we talked about the Warlord, but yeah, this poor actress died shortly before her twenty second birthday of some sort of heart defect. Although the uh, the inspiring part of this story is she was having heart trouble while filming Earth Two, and Clancy Brown had grown so close with her that he petitions like a. It, he raised there, the very, money. He, helped, charities. Raise he money. helped raise the money to get her a heart transplant and she got one and she was able to live a few extra years. Yeah. So, very, very sweet of Mr. Clancy Brown.
0: Yeah, if you ever had mm. any doubts that like mm. the guys who typically play villains in movies are awesome, dashed. <laughs> They're awesome people. Uh, we have
1: uh, Yale, played by Sullivan Walker, who's He's not an android, but he has a lot of artificial parts, including an artificial eye, he has like an artificial part of his brain. Well,
0: yeah, Yale is part of a program in which they took convicted felons and they erased parts of their memory and they turned them into cyborgs and made them into sort of docile Mary Poppins types. And he has a whole library in his head, which comes in really useful. Mm. He's, he takes care of the children, but he's got like they hologram get, maps installed in his arms and stuff. But you know. once they get to the planet, you know, everything's starting to break down because of the crash, because mm. they can't repair stuff anymore. And people are starting to realize oh, crap, every other one of those cyborg units snapped and went crazy. Mm. He might actually be like a deadly threat we have to deal with, even though right now he seems oh. like a sweetheart. That, car- that, uh, that character is played by Sullivan Walker. He was from The Cosby Show, mm. The Firm. He actually didn't have like that long, like a, uh, I assume he did theater because he didn't have that many credits uh, I, th- I think film and TV. I think
1: he's done a lot of stage with yeah. Sullivan Walker. Um, okay. I,
0: I wish I could have seen him in more. Joining them are The Martins. Oh, God. The Martins. Are, I hate uh, the Martins. Both I, of them. I, I grew to like the Martins, and we'll talk about why. Right. Uh, the Martins are the people who uh, are useless on a deserted island. Yeah, they're the they're the they the howls. They're the howls. Yeah, <laughs> they're 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 not. Maybe they're not rich. One hmm. of them was born rich. One of them is like a, cl- a climbing the corporate ladder. They're right. married. Uh, they are played by uh, John Gegenhuber from Rookie of the Year, and he did some Star Trek Voyager as well, hmm. and also Rebecca Gayhart, who you might the Nuxima girl. At Whitney. the time, she was just an Whitney girl. Whitney knows her as an Oczema girl. Mm. I know her from Urban Legends, Jawbreaker. Mm. She's on another canceled too soon series you are going to do, mm. Vanished. Uh, and she was also originally cast as Inara in Firefly, and she was fired after one day. Oh, poor, uh, <laughs> poor per- Rebecca Gayhart. Apparently, it was just bad chemistry
1: with yeah, the cast. Be- what Bess and Morgan Martin. And then but like have... no,
0: but they're, they're weird though because they're this bickering, unhappy couple. Mm. They're always out for themselves. They have
1: no chemistry whatsoever. <laughs> kind of like you
0: don't like see why they're together. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, I thought they were going to be like Gaius Baltar in the new Battlestar. And just like, oh, how are these people going to get everyone killed? Yeah. How are these people going to betray everybody? But we see they're actually like very quickly on the road mm-hmm. to some sort of, if not redemption, then at least character growth. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and improvement. And, uh, and, of course, it, there and, is... And,
1: and had the, the episodes aired in order, it would have made a lot more sense.
0: <laughs> they're, 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 one of their big episodes that defines them was the second-to-last one that uh, aired, and it should have been, like, the eighth episode in the it's, series. It's you, really you can confusing. tell
1: where it should have come, oh, yeah. too, earlier in the episode. Uh, in and the series, lastly,
0: yeah. one last member of the regular Ooh. cast, Alonzo Salas, played by Antonio Sabato Jr., from is, General Hospital Night Shift, and Bold and the Beautiful.
1: He, uh, uh, Antonio Sabato Jr., Dash handsome, super sexy oh dude God uh, is is the eye candy of the show? Yeah um, I, I've I've been to Star Trek conventions and they admitted that not only on Star Trek but on every single show, they always try to include at least like one babe and one hunk.
0: Sure.
1: Uh, Rebecca Gayhart was their babe
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and Antonio, their, S- uh, Antonio Sabato Jr. was clearly like their hunk, which means they're really good looking. They have a lot of angst. That sort of romantic way. So they're, uh, they're always they're, talking they're about kind how people of, need to open up and relax. Ca- and and they're, but they're also kind of bad boys a little bit. Where's a leather like, jacket? Think of like Robert Duncan McNeil in Star Trek Voyager. He was supposed to be their bad boy. And he failed. And yeah. <laughs> he was not a sex symbol. He did not emerge. But Antonio Sabato Jr., uh, as a result, has almost no character whatsoever.
0: Well, Antonio Sabato Jr. starts off with an interesting bit of character. Mm. He's, uh, he's their pilot. He actually is the one who like flew them uh, and, uh, and the accidentally
1: space. crashed them.
0: And well, we find out that wasn't his fault. Mm. But uh, he he that's his job. Mm. He goes into space. He flies people to places that are decades away, and then he flies back and he takes some more. He has spent the majority of his life in cryogenic stasis, mm. and they talk about in the pilot episode about how he's actually hundreds of years old. Mm. And but even though he looks like he's like in his late twenties,
1: well, because they. In order to get to uh, Earth 2, they have to go into hypersleep and yep. travel for 22 years. Yeah. And so they're all 22 years older. That's a this fun is,
0: concept to introduce, though. Mm-hmm. That Here's this guy who looks young, mm-hmm. but is old. Tec- and,
1: technically, he's hundreds of years old. Yeah.
0: and But even though he hasn't technically been like alive and kicking that whole time, he has seen whole generations go by. Yeah. That's got to affect his state. But once he gets on the planet, he becomes their like psychic seer. And then everything else is dropped mm. pretty, pretty fast. Well, here's the problem with. And here, and
1: we're starting to get at some of one of the big problems with Earth 2 is how much uh, they promise us and how little they deliver on. They yeah. set up a lot of really fascinating
0: stuff and they don't really follow through. The uh, pilot episode of Earth 2, mm-hmm. two hour pilot, and honestly, for a couple episodes afterwards, some of the best introduction to a show I've ever seen. Like that pilot mm. episode is great. You get a ton of characters introduced really, really quickly in ways that you understand each of them. They're very, very clearly defined. And and th- they're presented in a very sort
1: of adult fashion. Yeah. This isn't sort of like rollicking wahey kind of fun
0: sci-fi. Everybody's doing their job. Everybody has mm. a purpose. It keeps moving. The plot is very directional. They have to do a thing, and mm. then they have to do another thing, and they have to do another thing, and everyone's character comes across by how they respond to that. The Morgans, when the when they finally get to Earth 2, mm. and their plane comes out, their, their spaceship comes out of hyper-whatever, mm. and everyone's waking up, and then the ship starts falling apart, and they have to do an emergency landing on the planet... The Morgans immediately run into an escape pod, don't wait for anyone else to get in there, Mm. and close the door, and Danziger sees that, and just sees what fucking cowards they are. Mm. That is such a great thing, because you know when they run into each other, that's going to be a big deal. It never is quite a big deal. Yeah. That should have been a huge... People probably could have survived. If it wasn't for them, they don't really follow through on it. I
1: I can see why, because, you know, after they they crash land, you know, now they're focused on the task at hand. And it's sort of like we know what sort of how cowardly these characters are. Mm -hmm. But the desperation of the situation and the need for unity is so strong that they're not even going to address that. And... Mm -hmm. The unfortunate thing is they just don't ever address that.
0: I know. It would have been nice if there had at least been Mm -hmm. like this undercurrent, this Mm -hmm. subplot between them and Danziger where he just never trusts them. Uh And it never quite plays Mm -hmm. off. They set up all of these beautiful character beats, all these interesting Mm -hmm. subplots. Some of them pay off. Most of them don't, and I'm not entirely convinced they ever would. Not just mm. because the show got cancelled, because it had like 22 episodes to get to this shit, mm. and it doesn't for a lot of it, and yeah. it's so, kind of disappointing, because it's uh, really an exciting pilot.
1: It's an, it's an exciting pilot. They land out, out on the frontier. We've They've learned that they landed pretty much on the opposite side of the planet from their colony, New Pacifica, and there are, there were supplies dropped, but the supply ship like crashed and broke up, so all of the supplies are just sort of scattered randomly throughout the planet, which and, sounds very video game-ish in a lot of ways. And
0: they basically, they, the the whole show is they go on the Oregon Trail, try mm. not to die of dysentery, try not to kill each other, run into indigenous species and also occasionally mm. run into bits of their ship which may or may not mm. be useful to them.
1: So, as it turns out, this uninhabited planet is very well inhabited. Very because much indeed. They run into a lot of people. Uh, not only do they run into, there are two species of intelligent natives on this planet. There's the who travel through rock. They live uh, underground. They don't, they don't burrow. They just sort of like pass through in this sort of is insubstantial way. and I'm, this
0: very Star Trek mm. allegory for Native American mm. Aboriginal peoples, in a very superficial mm. understanding, uh, sort it's, of way. It's,
1: it's deeper than Avatar. I'll give you that. Deeper yeah. than Avatar. <laughs> I'll give
0: you that. But my point is, is that they're basically just like, hey, you know how like. When the American colonialists like mm-hmm. went to uh, uh, America, and all the Native Americans were like kind of cool, and it developed an equilibrium with the land. We're going to take that like twenty steps further, mm-hmm. and now they're literally of the land, and they can they, fly they, through it in the they, dirt. They can and...
1: kind of, they just sort of like rise up out of the ground and sink back down. They don't speak; they mm-hmm. they communicate telepathically. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the pilot, they'll have, uh, I guess, abducted Ulysses and done something psychically to him to cure him of his syndrome.
0: Yeah, he was actually, like, spending the entire pilot, basically... In what looks like a junior Cenobite outfit from Hellraiser, just leather and straps. And- it's like,
1: yeah, there's like air and he's painted pale. I feel sorry for the young actor because his character beat is he's sick all the time. Yeah. And that's got to be rough, you know. Okay, wh- what's my motivation? Well, you're sick. I'm always sick. I'm, t- I'm 10. Can I play something different? No, Nope. Sick. I'm
0: reminded of Soap Dish. Where it's like, you know, actors don't like to play coma. They feel it limits their range. Yeah. <laughs> don't put them in a coma. Um
1: so yeah uh So there's that all, one species and and also-, all, also the Terrians uh had some sort of run in with Antonio Sabato Jr and now Antonio Sabato Jr who injured his leg uh now also has like these psychic dreams where he can kind of communicate or at least intuit information from
0: the Tarians. Yeah, there's also another uh, intelligent alien life form on this on the planet. <laughs> and what are the they Grin-
1: called? The Grendlers. Grendlers, which is not a Gremlins ripoff. No, and they look like I don't know what do they look like. They look like kind of like big hippo people. They're big, yeah. These big sort of hippo troll things. And yeah, they, they wear rags. They're Marginally intelligent, they're sort of like raccoon people. They yeah. they gather things just sort of by habit. Mm-hmm. It's unclear as to sort of how
0: animal and how human they really are. Mm-hmm. But they they and, have a language. But, they can understand some English, uh, and they are traders. And trading mm-hmm. with the Grandlers is a plot point that becomes that comes up over and over mm-hmm. and over. Again. In fact, uh, the the show starts
1: out being very much about the Tarians and their relationship with the Tarians, and as it goes on, it becomes more and more about the Grendlers, probably because they liked the outfits better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Grendlers... The the Tarians are sort of ethereal Mm. and sort of above everything, and it's...
1: They have this sort of Olympian quality.
0: Grendlers are... You know, they're they're characters who actually want to interact Mm. and they don't have any loftiness to them. They're very practical and pragmatic creatures. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the end of the first episode, Mm. they actually... As they walk away, they're off on their mission. They think one of their uh, crew has died because they were poisoned by another mm-hmm. alien life form. They've buried him. And it's the first time they've ever buried anyone. They were on a space station. It's oh, kind of a big deal for them.
1: Oh, I they, they, they kind of got rid of that little rubber monkey claw monster lizard thing. Yeah, there's they?
0: a there's a name for that. Hang on. There's so the
1: there's this little bipedal like lizard brown lizard man with claws that uh, True the young girl kind of absconds with. She thinks it's cute. And uh, it
0: turns out that it has poison dart claws. Mm, A Koba. A Koba. Yeah, it it looks like Mac and me, but with claws. Mm. Basically, the claws can shoot out, and it poisons one of their guys, and he dies. And they bury him, and it's sad. And as they're walking away someone watches them walk away, and it's Tim Curry! <laughs> Tim, one of the greatest actors we have ever had, Curry, and I don't think that's any exaggeration at all.
1: Well, Tim Tim Curry uh, didn't have a lot of range, but he had a lot of Tim Curry. And... <laughs> And that's what we want from Tim Curry because he's great
0: at it. I think I think you're being a little unkind about his range, but he mm. what he brought to him every character he played was a certain theatricality, mm. uh, and everyone knows him, of course, from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. But then you can look at him, his like you compare Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is this sort of flamboyant mm. by design uh, musical theater character, then look at him in Legend, mm. another villainous character, entirely different entirely Mm. different performance. I think he had a little bit more people give him credit for, but he he was really good Mm. at playing a certain type of character, and so he usually played that. Yeah. And you look at him and everything from Clue to (laughs) Fern Gully to anything. He was always one of the best parts of anything. Mm. And here he plays a character who we soon discover Uh. is a criminal. And it turns out Mm. that the human species, the secret government that was running the space stations, in an attempt to see if this planet would be inhabitable for human life, threw a whole bunch of felons on there just to so, see if they could survive. So
1: so this is definitely Australia now. Yeah. <laughs> and the British have just arrived and there's all these Australian criminals sort of wandering the outback. Yeah. Um, we, we meet a couple of them, but not so many. You'd think it would Um, be a
0: bigger deal, but yeah.
1: In in addition, we learn later on that the criminals are also being hunted by this criminal hunter that the government also sent there, but... And at uh, least
0: one of them is psychic now, uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, But yeah,
1: Tim Curry tries to, like, ends up running into them and says, hey, your friend that you buried, turns out he's not dead. That poison just puts you into a coma for a little bit.
0: And they're horrified. They're like, oh my God, what do we do? And they run out and they save him. And at that point, they realize... Oh, this guy on this planet is great. Yeah. We should put all of our trust in him. He, he can be our guide. There's no way he has any sinister intentions. And, He's not feeding his blood to the Grendlers because to them it is heroin, A plot point they bring up one more time and never really do anything with.
1: And that that episode where with the Grendlers like becoming hooked on the human blood, I couldn't follow it. Like Doesn't I had trouble following the story. Yeah. But yeah, so, he he has Grendlers in his control. It turns out he also has some. Terry is in his control, which he uses shock collars on. But we don't learn that until like two or more episodes in because first of all, he's just sort of becoming friends with True and talking to people and laying his backstory, which is clear, clearly a lie from the start. He's creating he's alliances. He's
0: splitting everyone
1: up. And he's trying to steal the vehicles. Now... What he wants to do with the trucks brought to you by hummer, uh oh my god is, <laughs> the, 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 the hummer, one the one uh, brand
0: that survives into the future is Hummer uh, because this futuristic space truck that they have has Hummer on the front uh, it's like well, it's here, like here's worse, the thing it's like worse than the than the root beer in like Baywatch. and <laughs> <laughs> w cream soda or, or it's a w cream soda like Pepsi
1: and anything with Joan Crawford right it's uh I'm guessing that Hummer just made that truck and it looked kind of futurey. They used it for, like, industrial purposes,
0: and they thought, hey, let's just buy one, and Hummer can be a sponsor. There's something we need to talk about, and I think it's something that we've kind of lost. Hmm. There was a look... To futuristic sci-fi stuff in the '90s, mm. because of well-publicized experiments, stuff like biodomes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everything Every, was really kind of spindly and angular, and, and, and kind of lightweight looking. And
0: it made sense. A lot of mm. people were talking about, well, if we colonize another planet, everything's going to have to be really light, and we're going to mm. have to assemble it on the on the day. Mm. We're going to have to use like solar energy and stuff like that. So everything looks like stuff you would see at a science fair. Uh, all the like the the trucks and cars and everything that they have with them. Mm. They're pretty tiny. It looks like, you know, just two guys could lift it pretty easy. Yeah. And that's by design. And it gives it kind of its own Which, little flavor. It doesn't look it, like any other show. Uh,
1: the problem with that is it doesn't make sense when one flips over and a guy gets his legs crushed under it somehow. Yeah. It's like, no, just push it off. This is like it's a dune buggy. Uh, he, 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 he rolled down a hill.
0: I, I understand. He still sprain
1: something. You're in a roll cage. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's designed to protect you from that. But anyway, uh, yeah, everything's sort of really, really spindly and lightweight. And I kind of like that because it does have kind of a NASA quality to it. It feels like something someone would bring to a, a planet. And I do love that the sets were modular. They clearly had to travel around this gigantic area in New Mexico where they were filming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they were always on location. Every episode took place outdoors. So they had to, the cast and the crew all had to go through what the characters were going through on at least some sort of limited basis. Now I'm sure they were pissing off and going to a hotel at night. But they were out there. They were out there in the snow throughout half of the shooting of the series. Mm-hmm. They were getting in these like tiny, lightweight things that clearly were being broken down and built up in a flash.
0: And if you think about it, it's a really good premise mm. for a series. Yeah. In yeah. Terms of from, from a production standpoint, you don't have to constantly do tons of visual effects stuff. Go out in New Mexico hike like a mile or two off the highway and boom alien planet and it's fine because it's supposed to be kind of like earth
1: i'm wondering how much area they had to work with and how much like similar ground they had to trek through i wonder how many times we use the
0: same set from different angles like the same mountain hill
1: yeah probably we're on the other side of the hill this time
0: i'm reminded of a story akira kurosawa once told Mm. about i think he was shooting ron and someone asked him about this one shot he did. There's this beautiful shot of like the samurai coming up uh, uh, between the hills, and oh. I was wondering why did you frame it in this particular way. And Akira Kurosawa said something to the effect of, "Well, if the camera was a little bit turned a little bit to the left, you'd have seen a Coca-Cola billboard. And If it was turned <laughs> to the right, you'd have seen the freeway. <laughs> like so just- that's why that shot." <laughs>
1: But he's such a brilliant filmmaker and had such a great photographer that it looks like these distant ancient mountains of That's Japan. That's all it takes.
0: It's off-camera. Yeah. It could be anything.
1: Yeah. So uh, I, I like the sort of old-fashioned premise that we, we've sort of settled into already. It was, When Star Trek was first pitched, they pitched it as Wagon Train. It's just wa- They called it Wagon Train to the Stars. Yeah. That was one of the pitches. This is much more like Wagon Train. Absolutely. Where well, they're because just...
0: Star Trek was, was not so much Wagon Train as it was like, you know, sort of scientific... Mm discovery and diplomacy this mm. is about resources and yes, yeah. you know and this and
1: this is something that bothered bothered me about earth 2 it also bothered me about star trek voyager which took a lot of notes from earth 2 oh yeah uh about how little they focus on the actual structure of the day-to-day life of this it becomes mired in mythology way too quickly
0: um, this is one of the reasons why I think you'd like uh, the new Battlestar. Yeah, maybe lot, so because they really because the guy it was from the guys who created Voyager and they mm. were just like, yeah, we really wanted to talk more about this. That. Yeah, that was that interested us. Vo- and they, Voyager skimmed over it real fast. Battlestar if, was the whole focus. Uh, if if you
1: if you know Star Trek Voyager, it's about how one ship is stranded seventy years away from Earth. They have no resources. They have no backup from the Federation. They have to make do with what's
0: on the ship. And, and that's important for about half a season.
1: Yeah, so they start talking about start setting up a hydroponics bay and rationing out replicators so they're not using so much energy. And what are they going to do to sort of keep themselves alive and afloat when they don't have resources? Later on in the series, they need a new shuttlecraft and they just sort of build it. They don't talk about what they're building it out of or like if they're running out of munitions or where they're getting the repair materials from. None of that well, because is focused Star on. Star
0: Trek, and we talked about this before yeah. in other sci-fi shows we've talked about, Star Trek used science as a metaphor more mm. than anything else. Every once in a while, it would have some real basis in something, but usually it was just we have to tech the tech in mm. order to get through the
1: plot. But, but they had tech, and here's the thing where Star Trek stood apart from a lot of this. They based all of that imaginary tech in real science. Sure. It was all based on the actual astral physics and actual technology But the all time. of that's
0: based on theory. What I mean mm. is that Voyager... When it came down to we still want to tell these stories and still want to tell these plots, they didn't want to do all the extra mental gymnastics to talk yeah. about, like, you know, oh, but we don't have this material, or oh, there's only, yes. if we do it now, we won't be able to use it in season five. I don't think they cared enough. Yeah. To really keep track of all that. I, just, I think they I, ended up just wanting to do another Star Trek series I, in a different way. Uh, I
1: just wish, that there, there I, I, in my mind, I just wish there was a, a checkmark sheet somewhere in the Voyager offices where it said they have this many photon torpedoes left. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they fired one. Earth 2, I think, falls into the same trap. Uh, we see through the design kind of how this stuff works, but I would love to see where they're getting their water, how much water they have left, yeah. how are they feeding themselves, well, what are, are the living t- arrangements There's a whole like.
0: episode about getting water. There's a mm. whole episode about finding food. They, mm. These things come up, but they're not as consistent as I think you might like. Yeah. What happens is the first four episodes of Earth mm. 2 are all about Tim Curry's character, Gaul, mm. basically. They're all about the people acclimating to the planet, their first contact with the Tarians, finding you know, how they're connected to them, how they communicate through dreams, how Yuli is connected to them now that he's been sort of touched mm. by their magic. Uh, and Gaul is tearing them apart. He's corrupting True mm. so that she's about to betray her entire you know clan, I guess. Uh, and at the end of it, Tim Curry is killed in episode four. And immediately the show takes a dive because he, not only was Tim Curry just such a bright, exciting performer, um, he brought so much conflict to it (laughs) that they just never found anything quite to replace it with. Mm -hmm. They tried soon. But it took him a little while. Mm. Because what happens is, after a couple episodes, they
1: find... Well, Dr. Julia Heller has sort of a, an, an, like yeah. a multiple-episode arc here.
0: Yeah, they left their f- f- real doctor, their most qualified doctor, on the space station, but they had like his backup, who was mm. young and inexperienced. Mm. Uh, and it turns out that... She's actually one of the people who is responsible for sabotaging the ship. She is working Mm. with a mysterious faction on Earth 2. We're just calling it Earth (laughs) 2. We know it. Whatever, it's easier. Uh, A mysterious faction on Earth 2 led by...
1: <laughs> Terry O'Quinn from Lost. Mm, no, 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 led by Terry O'Quinn from The Stepfather.
0: Apologies. But it's still, no, Terry oh. O'Quinn from The Rocketeer.
1: Terry O'Quinn from The Rocketeer.
0: Yeah. Even better. All Terry O'Quinns are equal mm-hmm. in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> uh, Terry O'Quinn is great, and he starts meeting with uh, Julia in virtual reality. No. He's trying to find out, like, how the Terrians have messed with Yuli's DNA. How again, can you the, get us this information?
1: If a planet is. 22 light years away, how are they communicating instantaneously? That's not explained. Uh, but they're able to no, communicate...
0: they are. Act- it is it, actually eventually explained. Is it? Yeah. No, Did I, I, I must
1: have missed it, that part. In the,
0: in the final episode of the season, which is the third to last episode on the DVDs, uh-huh. they do explain that.
1: Oh, because there's that that there's thing, a thing in we'll, orbit. We'll yeah, mention okay. it later. We'll get to uh, that chronologically. Okay. Well, they they meet. They have these sort of in room meetings. There's a lot of virtual reality that was really hot at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about VR five on this show. No, don't oh, you worry.
0: Oh, we found VR five. <laughs> We're gonna do VR
1: five. Yeah. Remember the first time people tried to make virtual reality happen and the virtual boy bombed? Yeah. That uh, was, this, that was this, never,
0: that this was never... Was no a, one wanted the Virtual This was Boy. about
1: that time. So uh, people are meeting in virtual reality, and that's actually a Did you ever a play a Virtual Boy? Never got to touch one. I did. Okay.
0: They sucked. <laughs> it was For people who don't remember a Virtual Boy, it was supposed to be the next Game Boy. It was goggles. It was goggles. Put, put out by Nintendo. It was yeah. There, yeah, it was put out by Nintendo. It was these red giant goggles. And everyone was super excited. We're going to put these goggles on our head, and we're going to mm. play video games. And it turns out the goggles were so heavy, they had to be put on a stand. So you had to sit at a desk... And and shove your yeah, head your awkwardly, them, yeah. and it hurt your neck to do it. And on top of that, yeah, we didn't expect to have super high screen resolution. We expected more than two colors. It was red and black.
1: So, which has got to strain your eyes real really quick.
0: Surreal, but, actually.
1: But it was it was uh, bifurcated. So the games were in three D.
0: There was certain dimensions. Really? I played Mario Tennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played like the Super Mario Brothers game where they just jump on turtles and throw them through portals mm. or whatever, and mm. I played, like, Super yeah. Mar- Super Wario Land. But
1: that, the interest in VR was all over science fiction, mm. and, uh, yeah, here the people not only communicate via uh, VR, they have these little, like, eyepieces.
0: Yeah, against the Google but,
1: Glass. But, uh, but uh, it's also kind of their only form of entertainment, and occasionally, I think just to throw in some visual variety into the show, yeah. they have, like, a scene in a ballroom. Uh, there's a scene later on in the series where it's revealed you can taste things, and this guy's having this big old feast and over. Yeah. Overeating, and since he's not actually eating the food, he can eat as much as he wants. Well,
0: uh, the M- Morgan ends uh, up, uh, he has, he's a drummer. Like, that's what he does, mm. but he doesn't have his drums with him, so he's doing it all in virtual reality. Mm. So occasionally, you'll just see him sitting next to a tree air drumming, mm. but then the, you'll see what he's seeing in virtual reality, and he's using an actual drum. Uh, yeah. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Isn't that fun? So, uh, Terry,
1: O'Quinn, fun. Terry O'Quinn is, uh, is trying to convince uh, Dr. Heller. To uh, figure out what exactly has happened to Yuli, uh, what's happening with the syndrome, but more importantly, what's happening with his connection to the Tarians and how it might have something to do with his brain chemistry. And he keeps on asking her to tell him where the colonies are exactly on the planet so he could do something undoubtedly sinister.
0: Yeah, we never quite find out because even she knows, even though she's on his side, that she shouldn't tell him. At, at some point, Julia decides. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Mm. I'm going to take Yuli's DNA. I'm going to suck it out of his spine, right. and I'm going to put it in my own body. And she starts freaking out. And everyone finds out that she's a traitor, and they abandon her because mm. she betrayed them. Well, she
1: was she and, to be fair, she was sucking spinal fluid out of a young boy like, without asking permission, and
0: she was lying to the mall. Like, she was lying to trust the her mold. ever and, ever ever
1: again. And in injecting herself with the spinal fluid was like getting high. She oh, was yeah. like she was essentially becoming a drug addict. She was i <laughs> addicted to a young boy's spinal fluid. That's pretty evil.
0: That's really <laughs> fucked up. And then, so the episode ends with them, like, all agreeing, well, we just have to abandon her. There's a, we're not gonna kill her, but we're gonna leave her here, and we're gonna leave her to her own devices. Mm. Other people survived on the planet before. Good luck to you, Julia, and fuck off. That's the end of the episode. Credits. Beginning of the next episode. First scene. I feel bad. We should go back for Julia. Mm. And they do.
1: And they do, and that's it. It's resolved. No fucking consequences. <laughs> well, She's she, like, when she was high, she found the boldness to say, hey, Antonio Sabato Jr., you're hot. And he says, well, yes, I know. Why don't we make out? And, and they do. And uh, so they, they kind of have this push-me-pull-you romance, which is also kind of forgotten about over the course of the next couple of episodes. They're not that interesting together.
0: She's kind she, of interesting.
1: She, she's more interesting than he is. Well,
0: she's interesting because she I was a traitor and now she's not.
1: But then that's it. Well, she and she has a, a little bit of a moral dimension. I, I, I always like medical officers on sci fi shows because mm-hmm. they kind of are off in their own corner
0: and it, it kind mm-hmm. of
1: lends a texture to
0: well, a lot and of people. The... Well, to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. I think Jessica Steen is actually one of the better actors they have in the Yeah, broadcast. that's for sure. She's really dynamic. You actually like. Mm-hmm. She's very attractive in a way that like she could be in commercials, mm-hmm. but. She never feels like that's why they cast her. She's, yeah. She yeah. Has, she's obviously she, intelligent. She, has other... she always sounds like she knows what she's talking yeah. about when she talks about sci-fi stuff. It's pretty mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Uh, let's keep going. Um, okay, so <laughs> there's a whole bunch of like standalone episodes mm. where, uh, oh, here's one where we have to barter with the Grendlers, and he only wants to barter with Rebecca Gayhart. Mm. Okay. Okay. That there, that's an episode that came near the end of the series, but it was clearly was the, meant to be
1: early on it here. It was supposed so. to be the
0: sixth. And yeah. it introduced a bit of technology that'll be important later. Which is, w- the, like, the it's a flash petrifier, yeah. essentially. The idea is that if you go to an alien planet and you want to claim a piece of land for yourself, it's this sort of bomb that you put in the ground. Mm. It doesn't blow anything up, but it petrifies everything, and you can only unpetrify it if you know the key code. Mm. Now, later, if you're watching it on the DVD, the Morgans just sort of fucking have that, yeah. and you never and explain never, why. Never
1: explain, and it's never explained why they need that on the mission they're
0: on. Exactly. Like, There's why no reason you... to bring that. Yeah. And then in the second to last episode on the DVD, which should have been the sixth episode in the series, <laughs> they stole it from a Grendler. It
1: turns out, yeah, since there are so many of their things are scattered throughout the landscape, mm-hmm. they uh, the Grendlers have been gathering it up, and so they have to, yeah... Grendlers know nothing but barter. They. This is the episode where they explain Grendlers know nothing but barter, which we already knew. Yeah, It should have come here, but there you go. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so they have this flash petrifier now, and we learn that the, the Morgans are going to use yeah. it
0: for nefarious purposes. The Morgans bicker a lot, mm. and you would say you don't buy them or you don't get them. Mm. I kind of do, because there's no one else for them. <laughs> no one else would put up with any of their shit. But Rebecca Gayhart plays her part so sort of...
1: Sprightly and she's always talking to the other characters, and she's actually a very warm figure she I don't buy her as this sort of petty thing who would go with this other whiny white dude. I pictured her. I, I, Morgan was so obnoxious on this show.
0: Rebecca Gayhart's character reminded me a little bit of Vivian Leigh and Gone with the Wind, just because oh, um, she comes from she comes from an, she comes from an Earth. She comes from Earth, mm. which is a very different society than on the space stations, which is much more um, uh, agricultural. It's much more about what you can get. It's more about pure capitalism. Yeah, and she married m- this guy. For her own reasons. She married him because uh, she loved him, but also he was an up-and-coming social climber. Mm-hmm. That was what sh- the best deal she could get at the time. But- so she does have this streak in her of this sort of out-for-myself, out-for-us pragmatism. And she has this antagonistic relationship with Devin for a while. The- in which uh, she doesn't like that Devin talks down to her because she doesn't have a skill set. She mm-hmm. isn't contributing anything. That, so she eventually she just sort of is out for them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of bought that. I kind of did. Oh, okay. And
1: as we as the, the, the her, her relationship with her yeah. husband though is meant to be seen as something very genuine because there's actually an episode about how it's revealed she's Roman Catholic and she's having adulterous thoughts and wants to go to confession.
0: And we never find out about um, who, which I thought was kind of a bummer. About um, who
1: she's lusting after. Yeah,
0: like Morgan tries to figure
1: it out right. and, and 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 she says, well, I know you think it's Antonio Sabato Jr. because he's a big hunk of man, but it's not.
0: I was hoping it would be Yale. Like, it's like, <laughs> no, I just, I like he's very dignified. Yeah. And it's something just, I feel very safe around him. I was him. hoping
1: it would be Adair, but you know. Yeah, not that'd be it.
0: fine too, sure. but like, they never talk about it. And honestly, she's really cool about it. She's like, listen, we're on an alien planet. It's a really weird situation. Nobody could have seen any of this. I'm having some amorous thoughts about another person. I'm not going to do anything about it, but I want to have a conversation with you about that mm. because we are married. And he flips out, mm. and he starts accusing everybody around him. And he moves out, and then yeah. they renew
1: their vows by the end. And, Good as, for and, them. and as it turns out, Yale you know, is sort of like a makeshift chaplain, so he can renew their vows. Look, someone's got to
0: do yeah. it. Um... Okay, what's going there's,
1: on? Uh, they find other people. There's a crash pod where everybody's diseased. Yeah, uh, that's a boring ass episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is because the people are just sort of diseased in a pod and they're dying. And it turns out they mm. needed—I think it was Grendler's saliva, something like, like that, like an that, injection of Grendler's saliva. Yeah, and like, that's not all that got interesting. Got curative
0: properties. Yeah. Uh, there's the one where they're being attacked by like a cyborg bounty hunter who has been dropped on the mm. planet to hunt all the prisoners, which doesn't make any sense because. The prisoners are there to make sure the place is inhabitable, so you don't want to just kill them. Mm. So it's really confusing, and, and you just kind of want to move on from that episode real well, fast.
1: Well, I think the conceit they wanted is like somebody had a great idea in that ep- the bounty hunter episode where uh, he, they shoot you with a bullet, and it slowly burrows its way through your body before getting to your heart and exploding and killing you for sure. Mm. So it can hit you in the hand, and it'll eventually kill you. Yeah. And the whole yeah, the whole conceit is that's a neat. So somebody can get shot, and they have to dig through very frequently. Oh, we've skipped over uh, the horse in a can.
0: Oh, I apologize. There's a yeah. horse in a can. Let's move on. <laughs> no, You uh, have no follow-up questions, right, audience? Horse in a can? You know what we're talking about.
1: They find a jar of horse embryos. They open up one of these jars of horse embryos, and the horse embryo leaps out and starts growing and turns into a full-size horse within, like, a span of half a day.
0: And they decide but, to give this horse to Yuli. Uh, and True is just like... I want a horse. I'm, I'm a little girl. Give me a horse. And they're like, no, 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 no. This one's for Yuli. And she's jealous. And you know what? She is every fucking right.
1: But it turns out that the horse uh, continues to age at that rate and dies of old age at the end of the day.
0: But it, there's, this, there's this weird subplot where her relationship, True's relationship with Yuli, the two little kids, mm. is just shit. Is, he's an entitled little shit he, like, he, he's, he's she... the
1: captain's son he was raised in wealth he is yeah seen as this sort of noble martyred sufferer everyone he looks at him like he's the
0: by, lathe of heaven because he's been cured he, he's
1: been cured and he was chosen by the aliens meanwhile poor True has none of that her dad's an engineer she does, she's, doesn't she's doesn't know her mom she's just a
0: little girl she's a little precocious but she's not like you know holy shit there, there's this one scene later on in the series where she just happens to like make a swing piece of rope plank of wood um. makes a swing and he was like, "Is this for me?" And I just wanted to slap him. Like, not everything is yours, you little
1: shit. <laughs> uh, the horse in a can was such an interesting idea that I'm sorry they didn't go back to it. There's the notion like, a cool like of this quick grow stuff, right? The, the, uh, like, a, a, if they had like quick grow animals, imagine you have a beast of burden, but you have to get across that ravine before it dies of old age. That's an interesting dramatic conceit. It's like, okay, we need a horse to drag this up the ravine, but we have to hurry because that horse is going to die. I
0: there like that, go. but they don't go back to the horse in a can. It's interesting that I, I wonder if they had other animals. They were going to bring Ooh. chickens. They're going to bring cows. No, you ever seen that movie? Two thousand and twelve. Yeah, I did. Two thousand and twelve was that movie, which is like
1: stupid, stupid Roland Emmerich it's a, movie. It's a
0: terrible Roland Emmerich movie about how the world going to end in two thousand and twelve oh. because culty stuff. And no it's cuz the 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 the, the,
1: c- the crust of the earth was going to shift over the mantle yeah. and everything was going to go to
0: hell. And uh so when the an they create an ark they create an ark and they put a whole bunch of people on it, I whole put a whole bunch of animals on it. Mm-hmm. And they put like elephants and giraffes and I'm just like do we need those? Especially when, when you find out at the end of the movie that the only landmass that survived was Africa, uh, and I imagine everyone in Africa like, "Oh, good, you brought all this stuff. Good, we could use all this. Stuff. We had giraffes.
1: <laughs> oh, well, good. Two more, two more giraffes." What the? the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they come with a gift receipt? Can we return those? <laughs> it's <like God>.
0: Christ. <laughs> so there's horse in a can. Uh, there's a whole bit where they start like living in like a garden. Because it's cold. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole bit where the Morgans use that sort of flash petrifier and petrify one of the Tarians, and the Tarians want to kill him. And, it's- and
1: Yeah, the Tarians don't speak. We learn that they, uh, they're they so unified that they don't have sort of textured or nuanced ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't forgive. And I think this sort of notion of... Teaching the Tarians their own complexity, while also having to apologize for petrifying and killing one of theirs. But of course, they can they unpetrify it, and turns out it's okay. Yeah,
0: we learned a couple of things in that episode. One, we learned that the Tarians had tried sort of acclimating a human child to their ways before, Mm -hmm. but they never did the whole DNA thing. So there's this, there's a wild child. There's a wild,
1: yeah. And I'm surprised that they brought the wild child back. Uh, more than once there's a wild child episode. They try to, they call her Mary. They try to bring her into the human fold. Uh, but she ends up going back to the Tyrians, and then I think the next episode, marries back. Like,
0: it's she like she comes up yeah. like one or two times. It's weird. Um, it's also the episode where we find out that what Yale's backstory is. Mm. Yale starts thinking he's going to kill everybody. He's starting to get his memories. Mm. He's remembering this like horrible massacre back when he was a marine. And then it turns out he had actually killed his commanding officer because he had ordered a massacre. Mm. So he was a hero all along, ah. and it really gets everyone out of that sticky little wicket. <laughs> we don't have a new villain. We don't have an exciting new villain who was a hero the whole time. How cool would that have been? Turns out he's just great. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Earth 2. Well, uh,
1: Yale, he's such a dignified character and played by such a dignified performer that it would be difficult to
0: have him be a villain. How cool would it have been if he'd been like Two-Face, where he remembered yeah, this, that other, great. Yeah. this other version of himself that mm. was kind and res- and, and mm fatherly and like, you know, just had, was a good person, but was also had the personality of a shithead in there. Mm. Like I'm like a person who doesn't care about human life. And they had to sort of re- reconcile both those elements. It would have been mm. really cool. It's another thing. They just sort of drop. Mm. There's like, Oh, how cool it'd be. Right. If Yale, like this programming fit falters and he's like a, he's a killer again. Mm. Turns out he was never a killer. Sorry. We bothered you with that. Old sub-plot. <laughs> Didn't end up going anywhere. Our apologies.
1: Uh, there's an episode called Grendler's in the mist. M Y S T. Oh, shut up. This is the one where they all start having the dream about the sort of mother figure and they have to track down where she is. They see this, like, sort of recorded image of this woman who has also crash landed on Earth 2, and they have to try to track her down, but they can't communicate with her. They can only receive
0: images from her. Which is an episode of Voyager. It is. There's an exact same episode where there's this person, they're communicating with her, everyone has this close personal connection with this person, and then they find out she was
1: dead all along. The and same thing here. Uh, only the twist this time is we see that her son is still around, mm-hmm. and he's ca- sort of like another wild child, just like gone a little crazy.
0: The two worst episodes mm-hmm. of this series: the Underground Criminals episodes. Uh, there's the Underground Criminals episode, and then there's a the spider episode. The one I'm thinking oh, the, of the, the, I, I don't know what the, the hell was going on. That was on a the stupid spider ass spider episode. fucking episode. Yeah. Okay, so but let's we'll start the Second, mm. the greatest love story never told.
1: Is Danziger? Th- this this is the stupidest episode. This is
0: yeah. the the top two. <laughs> okay, Danziger gets injured or sick or something, mm. and he's brought and he's taken in by uh, like a sort of um sort of an Oliver Twist enclave of mm. criminals and little kids who are living underground
1: who speak in Dickensian English for some reason. Yeah, I'm telling you, they're just doing yeah. Fagin
0: like it's weird. And it turns out that the guy who leads this little, cl- this little clan, this d- grizzled dude with an eye patch, has been using hibernating Tarians to speak to Devon in her dreams. And he told her to come to this planet nah. and he's been like fucking her in her dreams. And now he's like old enough to be her grandfather because of that whole 22 years deal. And then she gets there and she remembers him in her dreams and is like, oh, you entered my personal sp- base without my knowledge and made me well, fall in love uh, with you. Well, Let's be in love forever, old man. I really hate Who was a murderer so, by the way? Yeah, I really hate
1: and I also hate story conceits where Things that happened by chance up until this point, it turns out they were orchestrated that way this whole time. How often does that work? That is never, ever more intriguing that somebody was masterminding all of this the whole time. The
0: worst example of this was Mm. the Amazing Spider-Man movies for me. Because it wasn't just some normal kid and Mm. then something happened and it could have been anybody. It was, no. Peter Parker's parents were scientists who experimented on mm. him. This could only ever have happened to him. He is part of, he has a fate. Mm. He's part of a legacy. Everything revolves around him because he is an important person and that ruined it for me well, it's because, because that's not an everyman story anymore.
1: Also, so much of this, of that kind of storytelling revolves around how much we already care about the character yeah. as audience members, not, not how important they are necessarily within the fabric of the universe. Uh, this happened even with the M- uh, Millennium trilogy. It's like it's all about her family. It's all about her backstory. She was meant to be in this place at this one time. Um, Earth 2, we're only like, what, like 12 episodes in, 13, 16 episodes yeah, in at this about, point?
0: Yeah, around there. 15, I think.
1: We haven't been around with these characters long enough for that to matter.
0: That doesn't- It's not gonna completely change yeah. our perception of that.
1: Plus, I I don't like that this is a supposedly an uninhabited planet, which is really well inhabited. And they're running into a lot of people. Yeah. It doesn't feel sparse anymore. Yeah. There's the, you know, the crashed ship of diseased people, dead people who had been there before, hunters and criminals. And now Multiple we have this.
0: Multiple alien species. And, and, yeah. Now we yeah.
1: have Sykes and Fagin. And it's like,
0: really guys? <laughs> and then like, pretty much like the next episode after mm. that, uh, there's a story about how there's a warp cave. Like, kind of like in, like, the, like like Dracula's space hole is there, like, on the and planet.
1: And the Grendlers use it to sort of teleport around the planet. Yeah. But...
0: But here's the deal. There's also love potion spiders. Now, next to these warp caves, there are these giant, like, cartoon... Haunted house at your local elementary school spider webs.
1: And they're, they're silvery, and they conduct electricity. Yeah,
0: and they have two different kinds of spiders. Now, mm. one of these spiders bites you, you're like, oh no, a spider, that hurts. Mm. Another kind of the spider bites you, and you fall in love with the person you next see.
1: So a grendler is bitten by one of the spiders and falls in love with Dr. Heller. Yes, Mm. Okay. And tries cool. to gi- and tries to give her stuff. Okay. Also, they steal some blood samples and drink it and I had to read a description to understand that they were like becoming super addictive, uh, addicted to it But because the they were just sort of like just behaving weird.
0: Here's the thing though. Mm. The only person who ever saw like human, mm. who ever saw that the gremlins were addicted to blood was true and she didn't get the full story. She didn't know what the hell was going on. Mm. Julia acts like everyone knows that Grendlers are addicted to human blood. Hmm. You how, never found how that did out. She find that out. Yeah, that's never
1: explained. Well, she, so, she does figure out that they want blood, and she keeps on saying, "Well, I don't know how to make it." And you know, she like, doesn't. It's a wanna... good thing
0: you don't know where that comes from, yeah. <laughs> even though you do, because we saw that you did because Tim Curry gave it to you out of his own veins. And okay, and then it turns out that the spider bites uh, Alonzo Salas, and he like slaps it away. Wow. He's like, ah, spider bed and then the teleporter like stops working and they're trapped on the other side of the planet. And <laughs> it turns out that they're like positive spiders and negative spiders and you need this both is, the uh, spiders. So they start putting spiders like, on the they start putting spiders on the grendler and just like, "Oh, if this one bites him and it hurts him, okay, well that's not the right spider. This one bites him and it hurts him, and that's the right spider. You're torturing this grendler." This one <sighs> you know, made him fall in love. Great. You're monsters! This is
1: comic book crap, is what that is. This is weird, and it makes... Mm.
0: Like, the cool thing about Earth, too, even Mm. the whole mystical Tarian stuff, was that it was grounded in something familiar. It was grounded in actual plausible science, Mm. or it was grounded in... just, like,
1: frontier mechanics. Frontier
0: mechanics, or, at the very least, an allegory for shit we already knew, Mm. based on Earth. This is just making random shit up that doesn't make Any sense It's weird And speaking of
1: episodes that don't make sense We also have something that they usually say for season 6 The episode where we visit the future That's
0: the next episode Like the three worst episodes are all right next to each other And I When this episode happened I was like Is this the season finale? Mm -hmm. Did they like know the series is gonna end And so they start like Showing us bits of the future Just so they can kind of wrap everything up Nope It was a done in one And it was dumb
1: (laughs) We, we see uh, Ulysses when he's 25, and they dare, and there's this new complex in the future. In the and, future, yeah. humanity
0: has properly colonized Earth, too. They are at odds with the Tarians, and Yuli is sort of the ambassador from the Tarians, but mm. he's, talks he, have broken down. He's and the
1: Krizatz Haderach, is what he
0: is. Talks mm. have broken down between the Tarians and the mm. humans, and the Tarians have started to engage in sort of terrorist activity. Uh-huh. Yuli is captured. He is going to be what the Tyrians did to him is going to be undone, uh, and Devon Adair surprisingly is all for this. She's actually like joined the bad guys in the future, and she's got. And this you can tell because she's wearing like tight black clothes and a big
1: white streak in her hair. She's got a beehive
0: hairdo <laughs> with a white streak in her hair, so she knows she's evil now. It's like uh, Elsa she looks like- Lancaster, but like light. It's great. Uh so what happens is. He realizes and If he's ever going to survive this procedure He's got to preserve some of his DNA From when he was a child So he astral projects into Devin's mind When he was nine years old So that she will take some of her son's DNA And like put it in a safe spot later yeah, And it's basically it. It's basically that bit From Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure You have to remember
1: like, to put these keys here yeah, yeah,
0: trash can, remember a trash can It's basically them putting the trash can In place, the episode Yeah and I'm, uh, again, we don't care about these
1: characters enough yet for this fate to be like super significant.
0: Like, it, again, I feel like if this was the last episode mm. and it had wrapped everything up in the future and we'd seen like how things kind of connected and how sort of in an unexpected way people like it turned on each other or alliances had changed, people have fallen in love, might have been kind of satisfying. Kind of like the last episode mm. of uh, Stars to Next Generation. Yeah, yeah. Might have worked. This just is just a random plot point thing, and it feels like we're skipping ahead too much because it actually kind of ruins a lot of the suspense. Well, and and also
1: it introduces this new time travel mechanic that now we can get astral visions from the future. you think we a, a lot. That's a big deal. Yeah. And it's also a really strangely complex idea to introduce into this show that I think is actually a lot stronger when it's being simpler. Yeah. When it's focusing on sort of the more simple uh, uh, frontier stuff rather than mm-hmm. politics and backstabbing and mm-hmm. shady criminals, you know, the... But when they're just sort of surviving, and they're yeah. learning to get along, and they're they're trapped together, and we learn to sort of the more human elements of the show, right. then it's a lot stronger. I don't care about the f- future time travel nonsense. Anyway.
0: The next episode is the next dumbest episode, mm. because that's the one where they find a Terran body frozen in the ice, and it turns out that the Terrans oh, had put all of their evil into this one body, mm. and now that evil has escaped. And it, and it can it's possess turned, people. And it yeah. turns into the thing. Basically, less, it's, they don't it's, know whose who's body has been possessed. Turns out it's Danziger. They get it out of him. Big surprise. Them. The end. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Two episodes later, I'm going to skip. There's an episode called Flower Child, in which literally the same thing happens again, but it's a plant. Like a plant. Uh, this,
1: imp- this was the one I didn't get to see all of. I, yeah. I admit I didn't finish... The final episode of Earth 2.
0: Well, this was this That was, may not
1: be doing my critical due diligence, and to my listeners, I apologize. We really wanted
0: to get this episode out yeah. here. This is not a good episode. It's fine. I watched it. This yeah. is the last episode on the disc. It was not the last episode of the series. Uh, it was also last episode to air, even though it makes no sense to do it that way.
1: Mm. Uh, <laughs> because of what happened in the real last in the, episode. In the episode
0: Flower Child, Rebecca Gayhart is, and Danziger again, mm. are sort of infected with alien flower pollen, and she has this sort of uncontrollable urge to protect the pollen inside her as if she's pregnant, mm. and then she's trying to, like, throw herself off a cliff so that the spores can be released and pollinate a new area. And, oh. it's, and they even talk about it in the show, like... This literally just happened. <laughs> this happened like two weeks ago. Danziger got infected with an alien thing, and it sucked. We can't let now, this keep happening. The
1: soul of the evil Terran, That's dumb. That's late Voyager plot. That's yeah. that's just stupidity. The. Uh, the flower spores the, thing the is not a bad idea. The flower spores because, you know, maybe it drives you crazy and that's how it proliferates. No, that's literally yeah, what happens. And it's like, that's what it that's, is. And that's sort of that's ba- okay. based in actual botany, I suppose, yeah. uh, ish. It's, and, it's uh, a terrible
0: uh, thing to put at the end of the series, but mm. think, yeah, it's, it's okay. That's, it's a, not, that's a fine premise. Yeah, uh, And uh, then there's two more episodes we need to talk about. Mm. There's the finale, which we'll talk about in a second, and then the most... Fucked up episode. Which one is Survival this? Survival of the fittest, the cannibalism episode. Oh, yeah. Okay, I so like this one. This one's weird. So Danziger, yeah. Julia, and I think Alonzo, and, and Morgan, And Morgan. they're off, they're trying to find... They, uh, they've
1: scouted ahead because they're looking for more resources. Yeah, they,
0: they, they, they know that...
1: They found that they know the location of a crate. They don't know what's in it, but they know yeah. where it is. And, and it's so far away from the main... Uh, wagon train mm-hmm. that they're running out of resources just to get to it
0: yeah they might actually die of starvation or mm-hmm. dehydration mm-hmm. just trying to get to it and sure enough they get to it and it's exactly the crate we needed. it's got all the food and everything this is fantastic and it's broken open and grendler's already took everything yep so now they're just dying and so, they're, they're just waiting there they're hoping someone will show up but they probably won't and then danziger sees a grendler is and kind decide- of kind of delirious from hunger. Yeah. And Alonzo says that the Grendler wasn't being threatening. Danziger says it was. Either way, Danziger killed it mm. and they decided to eat it. Yeah. Now, this Grendler, again, is not a beast. Mm. It is an intelligent life form. And but they decide to in- effectively cannibalize it. It's
1: it's this episode. Well, first of all, they're they're desperate, and actually, this is a good sort of You know, a live situation. It's Oregon Trail, yeah. You're starving. You're you're starving. What do you do? There's this creature... You're, do we consider you're, this creature yeah, you're, our equal? Your uh, xenophobia of this creature can lead you to see it as something less than human. Yeah. Uh, it's not been explicitly explained yet, just how intelligent Grendlers Grindl- are. And I like that this episode humanizes them a little bit. Yeah. Because not only do they do this horrible thing and start eating it, they use it as a scarecrow, which is gross. Uh, and we also learn that
0: Grendlers have relationships with other Grendlers. Yeah, there's a Grendler who is actually like... Horrified mm. and loved that other Grandler, well, and now they want, we think that the Grandler wants revenge, and we find out that the Grandler just wants them to apologize. Yeah. Like, which honestly is getting off really fucking light, well, if and, you ask me.
1: And you to be Clancy Brown, he's such a good actor that yeah. I'm convinced that he felt really, really terrible about what he did. Yeah,
0: like that's uh, the thing, like, like he's, he, he's defending it like we had to do it to survive, yeah. and at the end, he's the one who breaks down crying, apologizing. Yeah. It's... Quite potent, actually. Yeah. Like this is like the sort and of this is this the, is the sort of episode the show promised us at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and,
1: fucked up, and it's good. There's uh, the the one bit that got me is when they they finally are rescued. They they send out a rescue party. They're picked up, and okay. everybody's behaving a little weird because they've been eating Grendler meat, and they're not really sure what what that's been doing to their systems, and maybe that's been driving them a little crazy, or maybe they were just starving. Yeah. And they said, and look look at this thing. This thing is threatening us. Look look at it. Look at this creature. And Dr. Heller says look at her it's like oh cra-. like just knowing the gender of the creature humanizes kind of, it, humanizes right. it. Yeah. and it turns out the other grendler was kind of its husband yeah and they were having a baby grendler like, together ima- and, yeah, imagine, was- if,
0: imagine if again you're, you're it's an isolated frontier situation it's Ooh. life or death all the time fine you were married to somebody <laughs> a group of starving people came by killed that person and ate them to survive uh-huh <laughs> holy shit and how and, is that not like a sam peckinpah <laughs> movie like that's
1: that's and, fucked up and the the grendlers like they're and yeah this is where we kind of learn about how how they what their emotional state is they're very kind of primitive emotionally they they have process emotions like very young children they don't understand what's really going on so when they see what's going on this horrific thing they're not outraged they just don't understand their own grief. And they also and don't this understand about, why you'd
0: do this to us. Yeah,
1: and, and so it's about sort of coming to terms with lamentation, and I think that's a really interesting theme to go for. Yeah. Uh, then we have the last episode. The last episode, which is third to last air.
0: Yeah, uh, and, the, and the third mm. to last on the disc. Again, they put it on the disc in the air order, like mm. the order in which they actually aired on, and for the most part, it's more or less right, mm. but then the last two episodes are just plucked randomly well, because, from throughout the series. Because it ends
1: on a cliffhanger. And then those cliffhangers are all undone one, yeah. A dead character comes back for one Yeah, it's so weird <laughs> to watch
0: one So if you get so, this DVD, make sure you If nothing else, yeah. watch the third to last episode Last yeah. So Now this episode is called All About Eve And it kind of like It feels like we skipped something anyway Because everyone in the cast is suddenly dying
1: they're, they're sick of something.
0: Yeah, something is happening, and they don't yeah. know what. At the start of the episode, a minor
1: character dies. We've had this sort of plucky munitions expert who yeah. uh, crops up from time well, to time. It's kind of cool. She
0: dies. It's actually kind of cool. It's kind of like, it. unlike Lost, which mm-hmm. after they introduced like, the main cast, mm-hmm. kind of like there was always other like castaways, but we never really got a glimpse of any of them. There's only so many people in the group. In Earth I think two. there's 17 of them. It's like a pretty small group. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there's, you probably could have suddenly plucked one out and added a new character, but, like, there's four or five who are, like, consistent day players. Mm. Like, the same face over and over and over again. They never really get a whole plot to themselves, but you recognize them. Oh, it's that lady. Yeah. Oh, it's that guy. Mm. You know? Boom. Done. So, one of those people dies. And it turns out that. All of them had in their heads some mm. sort of. It was like
1: tr- it, it was a, a medical tracking
0: chip, yeah, like a some bioscanner, yeah. something like that, to help them whatever. And they're starting to degrade,
1: mm.
0: and it, and those chips are now killing them yeah. all at the same time. Because I they, guess
1: they all got the chips at the same time. They
0: run into a pod of uh, people who were uh, apparently actually trying to flee the planet mm. and ended up getting stuck there. Uh, uh, many,
1: many years before. Many, many years yeah. before.
0: Scientists who were, like, helping study the planet, figure mm. everything out, and it turns out that they know who Terry O'Quinn is. Mm. Terry O'Quinn isn't a person. <laughs> Terry O'Quinn is an artificial intelligence that's in a satellite above mm. the planet, and that's actually kind of fun, because Terry O'Quinn all of a sudden gets to go insane mm. because he's, like, computer, like... His the, computer the banks com- are starting to fail, and he's not as bright as he used to be. And he starts the, the, being loopy and yeah, weird. Yeah, the
1: satellite has also been up there for many, many years. Uh, the tracking program called Eve, who's played by Terry O'Quinn, and also another actress, uh, yeah. kind of alternates between those two. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, is beginning to. They they have to convince it to take the like destroy the chips essentially.
0: Basically, basically, uh, mm. in order to destroy the chips, which only Eve slash Terry Quinn can do. They have to agree to fix the artificial intelligence program because it's failing. No one's been, like, doing any maintenance to it for Mm. decades. Uh... And this leads to the best line of dialogue in all of Earth 2 when Yale, the guy who's got like a computer library in his head, mm. plugs into <laughs>
1: the satellite. I, and I s- want a t-shirt of this. This is
0: a good one. We mm. might have to make a t-shirt out of this. <laughs> what does Yale say when he plugs into the artificial intelligence?
1: He, he leans back in a chair, gets this astonished, awestruck look on his face, staring out into nothingness. Like in 2001,
0: when yeah. all the lights are flowing past him, like that level of consciousness Blowing, <laughs> acting power, like real yeah. dignity to this speech. And he says, I see cyberspace. Because
1: cyberspace was really hip at the time.
0: Yeah, we knew cyberspace was going to still be around we knew, hundreds of years later. We, well, we just, we don't use the term.
1: We have it. We just don't use the term
0: no anymore. One uses sort cyberspace. It's,
1: it's we so were, ret- We if, were using it in the early 90s. We had gotten, That's what the Lawnmower Man was had based around. We gotten beyond
0: cyberspace by Lawnmower Man too. You're right. Beyond cyberspace. <laughs> the, literally, that was the moment when we got beyond cyberspace <laughs> and we never talked the, about it again. Slam my head on the table cyberspace now. just died oh, with the Lawnmower Man 2, Job's War. <laughs>
1: so yeah, this notion that you know cyberspace is like this electric dimension uh, is, is kind of tapped into in this. And they plug his head into cyberspace. It's like he sees God. And uh, he uses his artificial brain to help uh, help Eve.
0: Well, they help Eve, but then they also shut Eve down.
1: Then they, yeah, they have, Eve,
0: Eve fixes everybody, and then they shut Eve down. The, the chips,
1: the chips, all they kind of explode. So everybody like passes out in pain, including like the the two unfrozen people that they managed to mm-hmm. rescue.
0: But everyone's pretty much okay. Mm-hmm. Everything seems like it's going to be fine. Hooray! And then it turns out that. Everyone else was sick because of the chips in their head. Mm. Devin was just sick.
1: She didn't have a chip
0: in her head. Yeah, that she whole actually time. just had a disease, and it might be the planet like rejecting them. That's something that's been toyed with. Mm. The idea that the planet doesn't necessarily want them there, and if that's the case, it'll kill you. Like it wants Yuli, mm. doesn't necessarily want you, Devin. And so <laughs> what they do is they realize she's dying, and she'll die real, real quick. So they take that sort of escape pod thing, and they just shove her inside, and they and put they- her in. Cryo freeze. And then that's the end of the show. Wow. Unless then, you watch it on the DVD, in which case I mean, she's yeah. fine. The next then episode. then the next
1: episode, cause... she just sort of got over it. The dead characters back, and everything's back to yeah, normal.
0: It's episode nine. All, all
1: of a sudden, also Antonio Sabato Jr.'s leg is suddenly injured again. Yeah, like it was injured at the beginning of the series, and it got better. Why did they everybody's do this? everybody's hair is How shorter. Hard <laughs>
0: would it have been to just check the episode mm. order and put them on the DVD that it's, way?
1: It's like they found two episodes in a drawer that they forgot they had. <laughs> oh and sort shit! Of, uh,
0: put them on the last. Oh step. shoot! shoot We've done you, everything uh, but the last disc. Uh, just throw them on there. Uh,
1: God, so lame. <laughs> oh, by the way, the DVD box set comes with a bonus episode of Sliders and a bonus episode of Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. I
0: wish we could cover Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. I loved Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. That show was great. Uh,
1: so uh, yeah, we I think we've g- given a pretty vivid portrait of Earth two. Where would
0: Earth two go over the course oh. of a hundred episodes?
1: Well, uh, like they,
0: how far they do you would think just, they get into the colonization?
1: They would just keep on wagon training. They wouldn't. Or uh, they would have to do, like, a season-end sort of reveal. It's like, and we finally got to New Pacifica, but it wasn't where we thought it was, and they have to mm-hmm. go to the other side of the planet now, or... Or
0: it's got another it's, alien race in yeah, it. Yeah,
1: somebody else has colonized it already, I think or... I what yeah. you could have
0: done is you mm-hmm. could have said that, like, one year after they left mm-hmm. for Earth 2, they sent, like, another team after them, and now there's another group of colonists that mm-hmm. is maybe more militarized, that yeah. is actually, or, like, And it creates
1: like a war. Or now they, you know, New Pacifica was only so large and only so many people can live there. I think that would be mm-hmm. a little bit more of an Earth 2 storyline. Yeah. Um, as with the Grendlers, I wish they had done more with the Tarians. Uh, Tarians and the,
0: Grendlers alike really uh, deserve more with them. Here's my thing mm-hmm. those kids are going to grow up fast. Yeah. Just in real life. This is one of the problems they had on Lost. Mm-hmm. This little kid on the island. Walt, and the kid hit puberty like a ton of bricks, and all of a sudden this show, which was supposed to take place over the course of like a hundred days doesn't work. So they had to, they set up all this really cool shit they were going to do with this kid and they had to write him off as fast as they could because he grew up too fast. So I'm wondering if maybe they would jump ahead in time like they hinted.
1: Yeah, I really hope that they wouldn't try to pair off the two kids romantically when they started going through adolescence.
0: But they kind of did in that future episode. I I I guess you're right. Um. It's disappointing. (laughs) It's it's really arbitrary. Like, we're we're the only two age-appropriate people for each other. Yeah. Basically,
1: mm. what, what if it turns out Yuli was gay? That'd be great. Yeah, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd I, I buy it. Mm. True, too. Why uh, not? I,
1: I think they would have killed a major character. My guess would have been Morgan. Um, mm. They just would have written him off the show. He just doesn't have that much to do after a
0: while. Uh, yeah. He sees the light and then he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I felt
1: that way about Neelix on Voyager. It's like, oh, he's he's the guy, and he's this funny cook and hobbity type character. What is he now? Oh, I guess uh, he's a security officer?
0: You know, Does I he don't know. security officer? Yeah,
1: he joins the security team. That's
0: stupid. Isn't it just That's Like making Jar Jar your security <laughs> yeah. officer, you don't do that.
1: It turns out he was a soldier. And I, he has this wounded I, past and a on dead many sister. I've yeah. to sit
0: through all of Voyager, and man, <laughs> I, give, I never get past season two. I've never gotten past I caught, I caught a little bit at the end, when, but I've never gotten past season two.
1: When they bring on Seven of Nine, the show's pretty much done. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. Boobs McGee is... Oh, here's another episode about how Boobs McGee is great. And know. we don't
0: say Boobs McGee to be offensive. She was that, there that, that,
1: as fan she, she, yeah She was hired because she wore that corset All of a well. sudden,
0: there was a very beautiful woman on the cover of magazines Mm. talking about how awesome Voyager got all of a sudden Mm. what a coincidence (laughs) like
1: what Meanwhile, yeah. the the character they replaced that poor actress. She had so much trouble anyway. But that mm. that's a, a story for another time. Well,
0: didn't they like say her character like was a species that only lived a couple of years well, anyway? If they they knew that they were committed
1: to at least seven years of the show, and indeed it lasted seven seasons, and the, that her species only lives nine years, so we get to see her entire life cycle over the course of the series. Neat idea. They wrote her off after three years.
0: Alas, <laughs> alas, Earth two. Earth 2. Here's the question, because mm-hmm. I think Earth 2 starts so strong. The last episode's pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good capper. There's good bits in the middle. But it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, periodically and for big, long yeah. stretches after a while. well, Was it cancelled too soon?
1: Uh, I think it was. Mm. Uh, there's a, a, so much potential here. If they kind of knew to start writing themselves away from a lot of this awkward stuff. Like, you you watch a lot of series and I've heard a lot of fans of of series like long running shows say, "Well, the first season wasn't that great. Like they were still sticking with it because they liked it, but they, it was good enough. It, yeah. it, it, it evidently it improved so much that you know they yeah. kind of had. Well, of the s-
0: Vampire Slayers first season wasn't that great. Yeah. Farscape didn't get really good till about season yeah. two. Even Deep Space
1: Nine's first yeah. season kind of is kind of a stinker. So yeah, uh, it starts okay." But there's a lot of conceits early in a series, and I can see this happening with Earth 2 as well, that they were kind of finding their way. And I think if they were given more time, they would have actually settled into a much solider series because there was so much good stuff along the way, despite the fact that there were some really dumb episodes.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I'm really conflicted by it, and I've been really waffling back and forth on this Mm. one. Honestly, I think I'm going to say that it was not canceled too soon, and it's because... Oh, you don't want to see anymore? Part of me does, and a part of me doesn't, because if this is... Because the problem isn't that, oh, we had a couple of subplots that didn't work out. Mm. Okay, fine. A couple of characters weren't as interesting as you thought were. Okay, that's fine. It feels like they had such a great, simple, direct, awesome hook. Mm -hmm. Everything in this show is laid out in that first episode. Everything you need. And yet it lost its way real within, fast. Within yeah. the first season, we had teleport love spiders.
1: And and, and time travel projection yeah. and yeah. All and, the rest like,
0: of- and like and it, like it's just it, it lost its way so quickly hmm. that I don't have a lot of faith that the people involved, whoever it was, maybe maybe the showrunners wanted better and the network wanted a different show. I don't have all the details. But it feels like they there was not enough commitment to what made Earth 2 mm. great. And there was a heck of a lot too much uh, uh, interest in trying to make it kooky. And I don't want any more of that, and I'm worried that the foundation isn't solid enough to go back to all that good stuff because we uh, still have all the kookiness. Well,
1: I I think the foundation... That, that's why I, I think it it was canceled too soon, I think the foundation was strong enough. And I think that the the frontier premise and everything we see in every episode, the fact that everything is just sort of shot outdoors and we're constantly out on the frontier is a constant reminder of sort of how solid everything is along the way, even as things get really stupid. It starts to snow over the course of the series because it's just snowing in New Mexico where they're shooting it. In fact, there's one scene where there's a back and forth where in... In one shot, it's snowing, and in the reverse shot, it's not. Yeah. And you can tell that they had to add a snow effect in the reverse
0: shots. Oh, yeah, like a couple of, like, like Charlie Brown snowflakes. Yeah, like yeah. falling
1: in front of the action, whereas yeah, really in, in the re- reverse shots, it's actually snowing. And yeah. I think all of that just visceral outdoorsiness was enough to sort of constantly reinforce how solid a lot of these ideas were.
0: I like there's this one bit early on where it rains... And none of them have ever seen Rain before. Mm. And they freak out. And they <laughs> run. They <laughs> hide. Yeah. What, what is that's this? really funny. That's a good bit. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm really, really torn because I kind of dig it. But here's what it ultimately boils down to for me. I've watched a lot of shows where, you know, I'm kind of digging it. I got through the first season. But I say to myself, I'm going to watch the first episode of the next season. And if it isn't on track... Uh I'm done. Okay. That's where I'd be on Earth 2. If the first episode of season 2 of Earth 2 isn't back to prime Earth 2... I probably wouldn't watch anymore. All right. So that's but why I'm kind
1: of... You're saying you want at least one more, <sighs> which means it was canceled too soon. <laughs> All right.
0: I'm going to let this one go into technicality, but I'm not happy about it. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to say about Earth 2.
1: And that's Earth 2, ladies and gentlemen. Earth
0: 2. Earth 2, the winner of our last Twitter poll. And again, mm-hmm. you can vote on our new Twitter poll. Mm-hmm. We're going to review uh, one pilot episode, a failed pilot episode, and you get to pick between uh, Cruel Intentions, the series, The Elvira Show... Sure. Hile Honey, I'm Home, and LA Confidential. And you can go to twitter.com slash cancelcast, mm-hmm. cancel with one L, and uh, let us know your vote. Mm-hmm. And uh, right right now LA Confidential is winning, but it's not like a huge landslide, and if enough people want to see Hile Honey, I'm Home, or The Elvira Show, still a chance. Hmm. Uh, do we have any letters? Um, we, kind of, we caught up last week, but I'm we, sure we've we, we, have, a few we more. have
1: a lot of votes in our poll. Tell tell them about the poll again.
0: Okay. Uh, and again, we're next episode we're gonna be doing an awards show where we're gonna look at all of the series and pilots that we looked at over the course of this first year of Cancel Too Soon, and we're gonna pit them against each other in a sort of a Thunderdome free-for-all, hmm. and do our own little version of an award show in which failed TV pilots from the 70s. Can compete in the same category against like multi million dollar J.J. Abrams series from the mm. most recent decade, uh, just to sort of look at like what was good, mm. what was terrible, and again, we're inviting you to contribute to one category, which is not the best show because you you don't you you have no responsibility to see all the shows. Yeah, but you if you're listening that's our the, job. Yeah, but if you listen to the podcast, we want to know what what episode of the podcast you like best. Mm. So we're asking you to send in your top three, ranked from one to three. Mm. We're going to tabulate all those votes. And we're going to let you know the winner. And even if your favorite show doesn't win, and honestly, the votes are pretty scattered. They're all over the place. Mm. Um, there's some there's some front runners, but, you know, a lot of votes everywhere. It tells us what what kind of stuff you like, what kind mm. of shows you like. Some people are adding notes about why they picked this episode. Some people are saying they really like it when we have guests. Some people are saying they really like it when we do uh, TV specials. Some people are saying we really like it when we do, like, 90s sci-fi. Um, we're paying attention to what you dig so that we can do more of it in the future. Mm. Uh, and again, one person who submits their votes for the best episode of Cancel Too Soon uh, will be picked to decide a future episode of the show. Mm. And we're going to set a official deadline now for this week. Uh, the Your votes need to be in by end of day on April 26th. Yeah. Which I believe is a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, again, you've had a bit of time. If you were waiting to hear the Earth 2 episode, you have until the 26th. Um, and uh, then we will record And we'll release yeah, that one next uh, week
1: uh, Michael wrote in And uh, suggested a show for us He wants us to do Shasta McNasty The Jake Busey series Yeah we uh,
0: we, we found like an ad for that Or he found an ad for yeah. that And uh, we posted that on Twitter <laughs> That show looks weird uh, And it, he,
1: I just wanted to read this one Because it says Thanks PS Never do Firefly <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: uh, That's the first time we had, we've heard someone say never do Firefly. Never do Everyone Firefly. Has asked us to do can, can
1: you do Firefly? No. 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 Well, as we've we said before, A, it had a movie. B, what do you want us to say about Firefly? Everyone's Do you want us to Firefly. agree with you? Do you want us to give a new perspective? No, you know what you feel about
0: Firefly. That being said, uh, mm-hmm. if you could see my face right now, mm-hmm. you'd see my eyebrow cocking slightly uh, in a way yeah. that might hint at a thingy. Mm-hmm. We're not doing Firefly.
1: Uh, Adam writes in, Dear Bibbs and Whitney, Thank you very much for reading my previous letter on the air. It made my epic 100-mile commute to work feel like a mere 20. Dear God. To be fair, I have to be physically at work for just two days a week, so it's not too bad. Oh, thank, God. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. 100-mile commute. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd tear through books on tape and oh podcasts. Oh, my God. Yeah, would be great. Uh, this time I'm writing to you not with a comment or a request, but rather a cancel-too-soon trivia. Did you know that there was an obscure Russian adaptation of How I Met Your Mother that was identical, and I do mean identical, to the American original? Every line of dialogue, every joke, every set, every shot was the same. It's surreal. The only differences were that the series took place not in New York, but in Moscow. That makes sense. And Russian Robin, Katya, wasn't from Canada, but from Belarus. And Russian Barney, Yura's brother, wasn't gay and black, but just black.
0: I wonder why. (laughs) I like that Belarus is Russian Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really great. I did not know that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's my girlfriend.
1: You do to know her. She's from Belarus. <laughs> She's from Belarus. Uh, Two seasons were shot, but the show got canceled after the first one. The critical response was overwhelmingly negative. The second season eventually aired a year later, but only at 6 a.m. and 12 p.m. to hide the shame. To this day, not many Russians even know of this atrocity, let alone international viewers. If
0: we can find a subtitled version of that, I'd be happy to do it. But here's the mm. thing: I never watched the original show. We'd we'd have to get an we would expert have to
1: be in. familiar with the. We'd have to go. We'd, 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 yeah. we'd have
0: to get an expert in mm. someone who'd seen it all. My my philosophy was: I'm going to wait till the show ends and find out what episode. Exactly, he meets your mother, uh-huh. and then I just watch that one. There you go, yeah, get save, the answer. Save, yeah. yeah, it saves a lot of time, mm-hmm. right?
1: Speaking of obscure shows, did you guys watch an animated series from the early '90s called *The Pirates of Dark Water*? Yes. Um, I didn't watch it.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, uh, I remember that. It was on. Mm. Uh, it was on when I was uh, doing homework in like the mm. early '90s. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I remember it being so epic and badass, but I haven't watched it since then. I wonder how it holds up. My philosophy is typically never go back.
0: Oh. You
1: no. are going to be disappointed way more often than you'll be rewarded. But
0: every once in a while, you're really, really rewarded. Pirates mm. of the Dark Water was a very ambitious series. It lasted two seasons? Yeah, I, I, I don't I think don't, we can cover it. He but, said,
1: Well, he says there's only 21 episodes, but those were divided into two seasons, exactly. so that doesn't make your podcast requirements. The podcast
0: requirements was pretty ambitious in that it was an entirely new sort of fantastical storyline about an entire planet overrun with pirates, and a kid who's trying to like find little pieces of treasure that come together and form like a, a bubble of magical what's-it. Mm. And it was a whole ragtag band of champions, and it was fun, good personality, cool imagery. Mm-hmm. But what was pretty daring about it at the time was that it had a set date you had to collect these treasures mm-hmm. and then it was done and yes. that was the plan yeah and they couldn't even get that far ah. and so it was re- it was yeah. never concluded and every once in a while start- i still hear people like are they ever going to finish it
1: no that was like this, you know, star trek our five-year mission Oop, three years done if you're
0: lucky someone can get a reboot going someday mm. like if you're really lucky some like mm. huge mega fan who, like, works for disney or fox <laughs> they'll, they'll, or whatever will we'll bring it back somehow
1: they'll crowdfund it and it'll be all nostalgia based etc uh, i'd says, like to see it it'd be cool uh he says uh p.s congratulations to the beast uh, on his triumph on Screen Junkies movie fights and thank a great you. run on Collider's movie trivia schmodown free for all, you guys should form Team Cancelled Too Soon. By the way, I bet you would conquer the world of movie trivia.
0: I bet we would too, but Ooh. I'm not start. I'm not joining Team Stuff yet. <laughs> I want to, but mm. I can only do so much at a time. But thank you, Growl Growl <laughs> Growl Growl to you there, and uh, I look forward to destroying Christian for you, Christian yes, Harloff. Do. Uh, who is my next match in mm. the movie trivia Schmodown, which you should totally watch. It's a fun show. Like I actually like watch it for fun. Mm. Uh, it's a fun little movie trivia thing that combines movie trivia with wrestling. And I play a character in it. <laughs> I am the beast. And I go, growl, growl! And then I get a lot of trivia, right? Mm. Um, and that's all we have for, okay. uh, for litters. And again, if you want to email us uh, mm. with your... Uh, Suggestions. We don't read all our suggestions because a lot of them are just really short. Mm. Please do blank. We always write them down, but we don't necessarily read them. Yeah. Because the answer is always okay. Or we'll try. (laughs) Or we don't know where to find it. Or that doesn't fit our rules. Mm. We could do that all day. (laughs) Uh but send all those in if you have any uh questions you want to ask us, want to get to know us better, happy to do that. Uh you wanna talk about the shows, you remember watching these shows? Do you remember, like, seeing them at the time or discovering mm-hmm. them on your own? What do they mean to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that'd be awesome, too. Do you happen to know anything oh, cool wait, about
1: I've, them? Excuse me. I found another letter if you cool. want me to read that one. Uh, this um, one comes from Jim.
0: Anyway, just email us, yeah. bmoviespodcast at gmail.com. It's bmoviespodcast, all one word, mm-hmm. at gmail.com. It's mm-hmm. currently the email address uh, for both podcasts.
1: Uh, Jim writes in and gives us his top ten TV shows. Okay. Uh, gentlemen, if you're reading this after 6 p.m., I assume you're wearing tuxedos. <laughs> <laughs> did you know Ooh. after listening to your B movies podcast best years best films of 2000 lists i thought i would submit one of my own to be slightly unconventional i would present my f- top favorite tv shows which would be much ble- i would be much obliged if you knifed or canceled or giant wolf-manned my list okay uh, we'll
0: give you giant wolf-man
1: uh knifed is an allusion to linoleum knife uh, yeah. uh, friends of ours a wonderful podcast mm. linoleum knife mm. with
0: dave white and alonzo Duralde. So, a lot of people email them with their top 10 films of all time mm. and they tell them how what percentage knife they are you 100% knife <laughs> you are if they like all those movies mm. so, so this, we will... this
1: is uh, his canceled too soon list of uh, we'll tell you how TV canceled shows. you are uh scrubs daydream sequences abound kept this hospital comedy in my heart as well as the occasional gut punch storylines that still bring a tear to my eye i never you watched scrubs know,
0: i watched scrubs Here's the funny thing. You know, there's a lot of shows you want to like more than you do. Mm. Scrubs is a show I want to hate more than I do. <laughs> I, I should find it insufferable, but every episode I've watched was like really good. So yeah, yeah, yeah you're good.
1: Yeah. Uh, 30 Rock. I've seen a couple episodes of 30 mm. Rock. Uh, we can all agree that Tina Fey is a treasure. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Uh, however, my MVP for this show was Jane Krakowski. Also great.
0: Fair enough. Uh, uh, again, I'm not a huge fan of that one either, but mm. uh, I, I liked what I saw. Yeah. And so I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt on that. Uh, Nip slash tuck.
1: Uh, straight up off the wall primetime soap shenanigans introduced me to Ronamitra. Never seen Nip
0: Tuck. I've also never Nip-tuck. seen Nip Tuck, mm-hmm. and give you the benefit of doubt on that too. Shit. Uh, Justice League,
1: great storylines in oh. the continuation of my Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Conroy.
0: I love Justice League, especially when it turned into Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Although the. Pre Justice League Unlimited section has one of my favorite Christmas episodes ever. That's, one of the, that's a great. I watch you've, it every you've shown year. me that one. Yeah. I, I watch it every year. My, it my favorite, fills favorite, my heart.
1: Favorite conceit is that Ma Kent wraps her gifts in lead so Superman can't <laughs> peek. I think that's great. <laughs> well, the
0: great, the best bit is when Superman is just like uh, Ma Kent tells that the Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you think Christmas is hard? We had to wrap all of our presents in lead foil so that Clark wouldn't uh, wouldn't see them. And then Clark just like gets really serious for a minute, mm-hmm. and Superman just says, "You mean." Santa (laughs) Raptor
1: yes Santa Raptor sure
0: Clark yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: the Dick Van Dyke show the Nick at Night block of the show and I Love Lucy was a mainstay through my early years damn right Uh, I I love if you haven't watched a hundred episodes of I Love Lucy start now yeah (laughs) Uh, it's on TV just, no, turn, just turn on your TV and start flipping around. You'll find it. Um, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh, Top 10 shows, all right. Uh, my I, introduction to anime and still the baseline I use for any action cartoon. If it's
0: your introduction well, to anime, I'm going to cut I could never get into Dragon Ball Z. There's something just really obtuse about it for the, me. the mythology is weird and there's a lot of screaming. Well, the pacing is so weird. You can be an entire episode that's just someone charging up to become Super Saiyan. And you're just like... <laughs> Get on with can, can it. You, Jesus. Can you I'm throw the what,
1: punch already? i uh, wait a
0: week for this shit. Come on.
1: Uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, great cast that was punctured by great guest appearances. Megan Mullally sprinkled in over the course of a few seasons can definitely be the highlight of a series. I've seen one episode of Parks and Recreation. I liked what I saw. All right. It, it was funny enough.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Bob's Burgers. I like Bob's Burgers. Uh, Oh, the puns. (laughs) Not as meta or pop culture referring as The Simpsons. They've taken The Simpsons' couch gag and give it a new spin. Megan Mullaly strikes again.
0: Uh, I I like what I've seen.
1: I like that there are are, uh, two incredibly strong female characters on that show, but they're both played by men, which is a little odd. It's really weird. Uh,
0: I will say this. Obviously, you watch a lot more contemporary sitcoms than I do. Mm. Uh, The only contemporary sitcom I watch with any regularity is Brooklyn Uh, Mm.
1: Nine-Nine. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, great show. The first Star Trek series to start when I was old enough to sit still for an entire hour. Oh, you are a young parson. And uh, The Leftovers first show I've watched after every single episode, I say, what just happened? And I eagerly wait for the next episode.
0: I got tired of The Leftovers real fast, mm. not because it's a bad show, it's actually very well made, but because I realized that the thing that interested me, which is what is going on, mm. will never get answered. So yeah. this, I just, I gave up right. on it pretty quick. I'm going to say uh, uh, only 10% canceled. That's a good thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're 100% canceled, it means we don't like any of your shows. Send us your favorite shows. All right. Especially if they're obscure, that'd be great. Mm. Test this. Uh, anything else? Are we good? No, uh, I think that's it. Okay, so everybody, thank you again for listening to Cancel Too Soon. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, a bunch of other services as well. Wherever you find us, if you could leave us a review or at least like a star rating, mm. it really, 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 really helps. It's a big deal. Yeah, Seriously, yeah, it helps yeah, us sure. find a bigger audience. It puts us on lists of things and makes it easier for people to discover the show. Uh, <laughs> tell people you know about the show. That would be really, really great. Um, Mm -hmm. just because uh, we want to share the wealth of our knowledge. (laughs) We're doing all this weird research, and we want it to spread far and wide. Um,
1: We we want something to happen with this stuff. I don't want it just cluttering up my brain.
0: We're at twitter.com slash cancelcast. I'm at William Bibbiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. You can email us, bmoviespodcast, all one word, at Mm -hmm. gmail.com. And uh, keep coming back. Don't forget to... Do our new Twitter poll. Don't forget to give us your votes for next week's Cancel Too Soon Awards, which do not have an official name yet. We still haven't talked about that, but we'll figure Mm. that out in time for next week. Mm -hmm. And then after the Cancel Too Soon Awards, we got some cool shit. Uh, You'll you'll see. We've got some really good stuff lined up uh, for the next year. Mm -hmm. Like, we've got... we've, We've really... Thanks to your submissions through Amazon Wishlist, we have a lot of awesome content that was big enough to warrant a DVD release, but also I've been trying to really... Go deep and find a bunch of weird stuff that's never been officially released in any capacity Yeah, yeah. that will surprise you, Mm -hmm. that will shock you, that will disturb you, that will embarrass you. Some of it might even be good. Maybe even love you. (laughs) Maybe even love you. Uh, So, everybody, we'll see you uh, next week. Happy Earth 2 Day once again. And uh, that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season.